Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle, the whole crew here with you for another edition of the show. And on this week's edition, we are going to run down our top 10 favorite underrated tag teams, which was actually suggested, Aaron, by a listener of the show. Yes. Ryan Damon, I believe. Was it? I I think so. Okay. So, Ryan, Ryan, thank you for suggesting that topic, and we will be discussing that, a top 10 uh, underrated tag teams of all time. And also, we are going to have uh, something that Aaron came up with. Um, it's going to be the top five, our five, five guys, not maybe not top five guys, but five not guys. Place. Five, <laughs> not, not the burger place, yeah. Five guys that we think should have been a bigger deal in professional wrestling. So we are going to discuss that as well. So I'll just go to my co-host here and ask you guys uh, what's going on out there and any thoughts you have or comments before we start our uh, top tens. Has anybody watched wrestling lately? Yeah, I I peruse it every week. I I, I, mean, I Full disclosure, I fast-forward kind of through Raw and SmackDown and watch what I want to watch. Every week I watch TNA, or not TNA, fuck, NXT, and MLW all the way through, and I have to be honest, I have stopped watching Ring of Honor. So I haven't watched a goddamn thing <laughs> here lately. I just I don't know. I've been watching a lot of the shit on the network. Mm-hmm. A lot of in your houses, the old stuff definitely consumes the most of my wrestling perusing time. Watching classic stuff. But on, quite honestly, if you were to ask me right now, put a gun to my head, be like, what happened on Raw and SmackDown? I couldn't fucking tell you. Some of them are tough to get. It's 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 a, it's a crapshoot with WWE now because there's some, there's some weeks where the show's good. There's some weeks where it's terrible. The pay-per-views are always good wrestling shows. But, yeah, overall, like I said, I, I, I do keep up every week and watch everything every week except ring of honor at this point but i don't know ring of honor just lost my interest lately and i haven't been watching it but ML- mlw is well worth checking out i might have to do that if you go to their uh, youtube if you go to their youtube page you can watch from episode one i might have to do that uh huge news uh, apparently the rumor is going around that aew is in talks with pbs TBS or slash TNT, and I also heard I heard that's the front runner, because um, but but I also heard that they were talking to HBO and Showtime as well, 
which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I personally, I would like it if they just did a streaming cause everything, you know, I watch everything on a streaming network nowadays. I don't even have cable. I just have the internet and I watch everything streaming, but, um, yeah, I heard TBS, TNT, the Turner is the front runner right now anyway. Well, I mean, I think it's my personal opinion. I'd like to see something back on TBS. You know, I'd like to see it at six oh five on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would just be to me really cool. I don't know, nostalgic. He, even if they just did that as a special, you know, because um, I don't, I, I, I don't foresee, I don't foresee their show being on. I don't know. It seems like now wrestling isn't other than the pay-per-views. Wrestling isn't a weekend thing. You know what I mean? Like it's a weekday thing now. So I, I could see them. I think they'd probably shoot for Thursday because WWE doesn't have anything on Thursday nights. (laughs) No, no. You know, you've got, you've got raw on Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, NXT on Wednesday, so I would think that they probably, if they're not going to try for weekend, they probably will shoot for Thursday, I would assume. It's going to be AEW Thursday Thunder. Oh, Christ. <laughs> they can use that old boring set and that old boring music. Which one? <laughs> Aaron, do you have Just anything one. anything for the listeners before we start? Uh Really on the modern stuff. It's this. It's same stuff every week. Yeah. Different building. Well, you can't even tell it's a different building. So <laughs> that's what? you know what? It's funny about that. I was I was gonna bring that up. Like going back and watching like these old in your houses. I miss the pay per views when they like had different sets and they had and you could tell what arena they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now every 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 uh, pay per view other than WrestleMania looks the same. Every Raw looks like it's in the same building. The way they light it and everything. Every SmackDown, yeah, they all look the same. <sighs> but it is what it is. What it is. What it is is stupid. <laughs> so that being said. Let us discuss our top ten most underrated tag teams. Excuse me. Ooh. And uh, I think we'll let Aaron start this time. Okie dokie. Aaron, what's, what's your number ten? Hold on. Okay. <laughs> you guys still there? Yes. Okay, I had to plug something in. It is in my phone. My phone was on the. Yes, edit this. All right, let's try that again. All right, Aaron, what is your number ten most underrated tag team? Well, these tag teams are in no particular order, and I just want to put my honorable mentions first, if that's okay. And it is because this was my idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were three names that almost made the list, but I had to kick them out 
to add a couple other guys. Like, you know, as I was making the list, I was like, I got to have these guys on it. So, honorable mention, uh, Kyle, you okay? Yep. Out of noise. All right. Honorable mention is X-Pac and Kane. Mm-hmm. High Energy and Yokozuna and Owen Hart. Those are my guys that almost made the list. Okay. Well, huh? I said Owen Hart and Yokozuna was on mine, so... Well, it can stay on there. I'm just saying we don't have to discuss those guys for this for my list, but those were guys that were going to be on my list. But I had to remove them. Okay. So, um, the first team we'll talk about, like I said, this isn't any, like, this is the greatest, most underrated. That's, that's silly. Yeah. Mine, uh, mine's not in any particular order either. So the first team we'll go with that I will mention is Jacques and Pierre, the Quebecers, the Quebecers, the, the Quebecers. Okay. I know I've said this to Aaron before. I don't know if I have to you, Kyle. But if you watch the early um, Monday Night Rawls, you know, because you're on Raw back then, your world champion and stuff, they didn't appear every week on the show and et cetera, et cetera. But if you watch the early Monday Night Rawls, the Quebecers were like the star of the show for like, you know, for not, not right away when it first started. But once they came in and had that feud with the Steiners for probably about six or seven, maybe even eight months, they are like the big, they're like the big deal of Raw. Like they're on every week. Their tag titles are important. They're great heels. Part of it had to do with the fact that they didn't know what they had with Raw. And it still wasn't like Raw wasn't the number one show. Mm -hmm. There was still like superstars and challenge and whatnot. But and. And when I say like underrated, like if you watch them, they, other than honestly their matches they had with Men on a Mission, I don't think they ever really had like a match where you're like, ugh, this thing sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They consistently had good matches, and they're a team that doesn't get talked about enough. Like when they, when you go back and talk about like great tag teams, and it's, it has to do with the era that they were in, I think. But they don't they don't get mentioned enough. Yeah, they definitely carried the tag team championships in in a time where the business was down and et cetera, et cetera. They 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 did a great job of being heel tag just shit heel tag team champions. Yeah. And um it it's funny too because that team like Jacques Rougeau I always thought was a good wrestler. I know a lot of people think he was a great wrestler. I always thought Jacques was a good wrestler. I'm weird in that. But he was a great personality. Whereas, I think that Pierre Carlulet is a fantastic fucking wrestler. I've always been a mark for him. But he wasn't a great personality. So they, they benefited each other that way. And then you put Johnny Polo in there, Raven. Yeah. And, yeah, it was and- just, it was a great team. And I'm a fan of the fabulous Rougeau brothers, you know, and I always thought, man, they, they should have, they not saying they should have been like, you know, two years as the champions or whatever, mm-hmm. but it would have been nice to see him get a nice little run, you know? Yeah. But, um, um, I think, I think they're, I think the Quebecers are a better tag team than Jacques and Raymond. Oh, I do too. I do too. 
not even just the gimmick because like both gimmicks were awesome as hell. But mm-hmm. I, that's just my opinion. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And and I I like Ray Rougeau, but Ray you know. Rougeau too. Plus their song is Yokozuna. Yok. Tell me about your what were you doing in the locker room though with the Hulk Hogan? And Yokozuna. Were you talking about the Yokozuna? <laughs> But, and their their music was funny and the gimmick was ridiculous, but they made it believable. And yeah, I, just, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I don't, like I said, I don't think they get talked about enough. Kyle, anything on the, uh, the Quebecers? No. Um, they, those were the kind of get, Kind of guys that, like, fucking, with me, like, when I was watching at that time, fucking hated, hated fucking Quebecers. <laughs> they did their job right. And uh, I remember I, I fucking could not stand them. For the record, Quebecers were on my list, so Aaron knocked those, them off my list. But uh, they're not the Mounties, but they always get their man. So, Kyle, who's the first one, or I guess tenth, number 10, or what have you, first one on your list of underrated tag Beer teams? money. Beer money? Beer money. I like beer money. I do, too. I don't know enough about them as a team. <laughs> I like them individually. Um, but I didn't really, I, I was not, I was not a fan of the TNA at the moment to be able to, um, how do I want to say it? To critique them justifiably. So I will let you guys discuss this. So Nate, when you come to me and go, Aaron, do you have anything on beer money? My answer will be no. <laughs> I have <laughs> no. I have spent all my Aaron, beer money. Aaron, if any of us know anything about beer money, it's you. <laughs> but I, I didn't watch it. So. Go ahead and discuss. Beer Money was a great team. They had good. They had good chemistry. Um, they had some fantastic matches. And as far as the early formidable years of TNA, when TNA was looked like it could have actually been a contender to the WWE, um, they were they were central figures in the company. And um, I mean, we obviously know what happened to that ghost that is still existing out there somewhere making a wrestling show that nobody watches, but, um, you know, six, six, six guys on Twitch are watching impact. But, uh, and that's by, that's by, that's by, that's by by accident. That's just cause they're high and they moved to Canada to hide from debtors. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, beer money was a good team. I like beer money. Um, TNA's like the Walter White of wrestling. They had to like <laughs> move up to Canada to hide from the authorities. Robert Rude, Chris. One day it's gonna cut. One day it's gonna come down and it's just gonna it's gonna murder Vince Rousseau. <laughs> another another one that that um um you know if, beer money spurned from. Another one, I, I it's not on my list, but you could do as an honorable mention would also Kyle be America's Most Wanted. Yep. Um, At the time, you until know. Until what's-his-name got, like, 
fat and out of shape and pasty in the W. I don't know what what was his name. Why am I not remembering his name? Chris Harris. His real name is Chris Harris. Well, I don't know if it was his real name. But his name was Chris Harris, and then he that guy had to, he had so much. He went to the WWE and became Braden Walker. Well, he had so much promise, and he went to WWE and just became a completely different dude. He showed up and he was all dumpy and everything, and <laughs> Shawn Michaels was like, "Hey, Braden Walker, man, you're one." Wild cat. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and God. that's what, you know, I, there's a lot of people who don't like Shawn Michaels. They're like, oh, Shawn Michaels, he found Jesus and everything like that. But I love the fact when you hear like, like that Christian Shawn Michaels was still kind of a dick. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Just, a leopard doesn't really he was just like a he was just like a subtle subtle undercover dick. A leopard doesn't really change his spots. Yeah. Your personality is you your get, personality. If you get a chance, go watch Rob Van Dam <laughs> talking about fucking uh Shawn Michaels. Have you ever seen that on the um Oh yeah, Sean gives you backhanded comments or compliments. Well, no, not even just that, just the fact that fucking that uh, Rob Van Dunn does like the fucking eye thing with Sean. <laughs> He's like, oh, you know. He's like, you're funny and, and witty and smart, Rob. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, like I said, a, a leopard never changes its spots, and uh, Sean didn't. I love Jim Cornette's fucking comment on that. He's like, born again, wasn't a fan of you the first time. <laughs> Not going to be a fan this time. So the so first... anything else on Beer Monkey? <laughs> Beer Monkey would be a great tag team. <laughs> so the first, the first one on my list, we knocked the Quebecers off my list. Is I was a fan back in the day of Dr. Tom Pritchard and Jimmy Del Rey, the Heavenly Bodies. Uh, they were fantastic. Yes. I they actually would be. I'm looking at my list of of guys that should have been a bigger deal than they were, and I should take one of those guys off and put this tag team on. Because I think that Del Rey and Pritchard, not only were they a great team, they were great heels. The package with, with Cornette was good. They always had good matches. They just, again, they just happened to be uh, like the Quebecers, like you were saying, Aaron. They just happened to be in a around in a time where business was down, so nobody ever talks about them. And from what everything I've heard, uh, like I said, I'm not in the wrestling business or anything like that, and I don't want to like talk bad about somebody that's dead. But I heard that uh, Jimmy Del Rey kind of had um, had some problems, so to speak. Mm. So that might have been something that prevented them from stepping up. Yeah. Like, did you ever hear about the the time Tatanka got suspended from the WWF? No. Went away for a while. No, I don't think no. so. It was because there there was a there was a woman that was uh, maybe oh yeah 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 I know I know yeah yeah in a hotel room and that was that was uh, Jimmy Del Rey that did that and Kevin Nash is quoted as saying 
Yeah, that was just Jimmy Del Rey's thing. <laughs> oh, so he did that. He did that way more than one time. But like when it was described what happened, Kevin Nash even told the office that was probably Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> and got caught up in it because he was just partying with Jimmy Del Rey, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, got. And just to just for the record, you know, talking about them being overrated, and then this is a singles match, but actually, in '95, just one of my, you know, what one of my biggest memories, and I don't know, every other person in the world might is say, match with Shawn Michaels. Yes, Jimmy Del Rey on Monday I'm Night not... Raw in '95 had a fantastic match with Shawn. Yeah, and Michaels. I'm not, I'm not saying that Jimmy Del Rey wasn't talented. I'm just saying. When you were talking about maybe putting them on the, and I'm not saying they're not an underrated team. I'm just saying when you said like the the guys that should have been, yeah, and that was part of this. That's part of the thing I wanted to talk about. Like you know, you can hear about stories and what you heard about why maybe this guy didn't make it, and that's why I think if you would have put them on their list, I would have said is because you know Jimmy Del Rey was a creep, yeah, <laughs> kind of a, a pervert from what I understand. <laughs> and it makes sense because you know he went away and Tom Pritchard didn't. Right. Then he went to WCW and became Johnny, Johnny Graffiti. Graffiti, almost unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> like he looks like a completely different human being. Yeah. <laughs> so Kyle, do you have anything on the heavenly bodies? Nope. I think you guys pretty much said everything. All right, Aaron. Who's next on your list? Um, the next team on my list is. And you could put them in any way you want to put it, but I'm going to go with the incarnation that I remember the most, and it's Kato and Pat Tanaka, the Orient Express. Fantastic. Are they on anybody else's list? No, they actually weren't on my list. I, I thought about them, um, but they, they were not on my list. But um, one of my favorite tag team matches of all time is the Orient Express against the Rockers at Royal Rumble 1991. And um, those guys were a great tag team. Obviously, everybody knows they were also the a in the AWA with Paul Diamond not under a mask as Paul Diamond. Um, they, had that, they had that badass uh, super kick into a German suplex finisher. Fuck yes. And, and, and <laughs> May I were, say, they, fuck they yes. Were, they, were, they were fucking fantastic. <laughs> they were. Right and order. they had they had good shit going on when they were like in uh in like the or the early infancy of ECW like Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond are like integral in that and they're mm -hmm. having good matches in like little dingy buildings and I just I think they're an underrated tag team. I and, agree. And if you just watch their matches, it it shows you why Pat Tanaka went on to make millions of dollars in all his <laughs> wrestling. <meetings. laughs> What did he get paid? Five million dollars for WrestleMania seven or whatever? No, he made multiple money at WrestleMania, is what he said. <laughs> oh. And he started wrestling at twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Anything on the Orient Express, Kyle? No. They were good. They were good. <laughs> they were good. I'm gonna use that. Hold on. Say that one more time. They were good. I'm gonna isolate that that uh, soundbite, and then in the future, when you're not on the show, like if you can't appear at some point, <laughs> I'm just gonna be like Kyle. They were good. 
<laughs> even when it's a even when it's a singles wrestler, like Kyle, what did you think of Superstar Billy Graham? They were good. <laughs> they were good. How were those bites? They were good. <laughs> so who's next on your list, Kyle? <laughs> All right. So look, let's forget the fact that the one person is a shit human being. All right. But I was personally a big fan of Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit in WCW. Dean Malenko's not that bad. <laughs> he, he just quit the WWE, by the way. Did yeah, he? I saw that. Yep, he quit. What for? I, I don't know. He's just done. Like uh, the, there was no. Gonna be like I guess he's going to AEW. No, like, I saw. I saw... quit. So like he's going to AEW. <laughs> I saw like two or three reports, and none of them actually said a reason. They just it was it was just Dimalenko has quit the WWE. It's because he's gonna go to AEW. <laughs> Which I mean wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I know, but just now, anytime anybody leaves, they're like he's gonna go to AEW. <laughs> Like, maybe the guy's just, like, you know, been in the business for 40 years, and he's just ready to go home. (laughs) Did you ever think of that? Maybe he just saved his money really good. But yes, Benoit and Malenko were a a great scientific tag team. Um, And now... And and I, I do want your reasons for why you put them up there, Kyle. I wasn't trying to cut you off. No, you're fine. My my only thing good. my only thing with Benoit and Malenko, okay? Cuz you know, you know I'm a a fan of both of them as far as wrestling goes. Obviously Benoit can rotten fucking hell um cuz I mean, we can all understand someone killing their wife, but to kill your kid is fucking ridiculous. But the the thing, the thing to me about Benoit and Malenko as a tag team, and you guys can disagree if you want, but to me, my favorite tag teams are guys that, like, okay, why my favorite tag team of all time is is the Hart Foundation is Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart are two different guys that complement each other, whereas Benoit and Malenko were almost too similar, if that makes sense. And and not, and not to say they weren't a fantastic tag team. You're absolutely right. But just for me personally, I prefer I prefer a team other than Demolition, obviously, because they're my second favorite tag team ever. But normally, I prefer a team that has that has a their styles kind of complement each other, but are different. I guess. And Malenko, no, get- Malenko and Benoit were super similar. In their style. And they were, but, I mean, especially at the time... And I'm going to shoot myself you know, in the foot later in this list, by the way, so... <laughs> um, but at the time, though, Benoit was more of a high-flyer style. I mean, he did have the ground-based and everything else, but, you know, it always felt like Dean was the ground guy and mm-hmm. Chris was the more athletic Chris would go to the top rope yeah I got you I got you and I mean and, and again this is uh, now look I think the problem is that we look back now on things 
And we're like, you know what? Yeah, Chris was, you know, more of a in-ring technician. But at the time, he was more high risk. It's just, you know, people want... The fucking diving headbutt was considered a huge move. Right. Oh, yeah. And now it's and now it's just, you know, it's just there. It's a transition. Yeah, that's the same reason that I don't pop for a Hardy's match now like I did 20 years ago, you know. Because a lot of what they do is commonplace. Yeah, that... I don't know. That's the problem with it is that, again... It's so crazy. It's, you know, now wrestling is more intense, I guess, than it's ever been, but yet it's nowhere near what it used to be. And no. I mean... Not to us, not to old fogies. You can, you can sit there and you can shit talk Hulk Hogan all you want, but there's a goddamn reason that man... Made all the fucking money that he did mm-hmm. without ever really having to fucking jump off the top rope or, you know, take a shit ton of beatings. Absolutely. Sports entertainment, brother. Well, so I mean, that's. So the next team on my list is. Uh, I was always a big fan of Eminem. Oh, you bastard. John Morrison and Joey Mercury. And you know, the fu- the funny thing about it is, and Aaron... Know, Aaron, know, Aaron... Huh? You think they were underrated? I do. <clears throat> I think that they they did not get... in the Even in the time, they, they didn't get... They didn't get a lot of love. Um, and they... Aaron knows this. I'm I'm one of the few guys that's actually a bigger Mark or Joey Mercury than John Morrison, um, or Johnny Nitro or whatever he was called then. But I thought they were a great tag team, and with Melina, I thought they were a great act. And um, yeah, I like Melina. <laughs> so did Taz. Taz always commented on that fucking <laughs> ring entrance. He'd be like, hold, on, hold you, on, Cole, hold on, hold could, on. How could you not? <laughs> Batista liked her, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of guys that liked her. <laughs> not as many guys that <clears throat> liked Sonny. But anyway, um, any thoughts on uh, Eminem? Aaron, you said underrated. Do you think they're not underrated? Do you think they got the credit they deserved? Well, I, I, eh, I mean, I guess at the time, I guess you could look at it where if like not enough people look back at it, but I just, I don't know. Like they got the belts and they were, they were prominent on SmackDown and whatnot. But yeah, I mean. I guess when I think under, like when I think of underrated or overrated, I don't necessarily think of the promotion, the promotions portrayal of them. I think of the way that wrestling fans reacted to them, and okay. I never, I never thought that Eminem got the the uplift from fans that they okay. deserve. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Because I can't really say the belts because I have two teams, so a couple teams that had the had belts on my list. But anyway. Unfortunately, I think, you know, the most that anybody remembers Eminem for 
is fucking Joey Mercury's poor face. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God damn. That's a real moment in wrestling. Fuck yeah, it is. It's up, there, it's up there with Sid snapping his leg. <laughs> Speaking of snapping legs, anybody see that TNA referee? No. Or not yeah. TNA referee, NXT referee? No. Fuck yeah. That man's a fucking beast. Did you see that, Nate? I did not. NXT referee, and I forget his name, and I'll look it up in a little bit because we should dedicate this show to him. This guy breaks his leg in half, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's laying on the mat, and Velveteen Dream and um, Tyler Breeze are going to the finish of their match, and this guy's leg is broken. And you can visibly see that it is broken, and he still completes the three count. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fucking, fucking amazing. It's hanging off the bone. Oof. And he's down there fucking like one, two, three. Good job. Yeah. Good job, motherfucker. <laughs> and then everybody just rushes the ring and they're going to get this poor guy out of there. Yeah. <laughs> like. Wowza. Yeah, that dude was badass. All right, Aaron. Who is next on your list of underrated tag teams? Um, And this is like a guilty pleasure to me. Mm-hmm. Or for me, whatever you want. A guilty pleasure to me. That sounds weird. But, you're like, you're uh, like a foreign guy. It's guilty pleasure to me. How you say bike how rack? You say, how you say guilty pleasure? How, how, you say pleasure guil- of... how you say guilty pleasure? <laughs> I hate when the foreign guy is like, it's how you say photosynthesis? <laughs> like, that's exactly how you say it. Uh, we are going to the park. No, no meaning yes, no. no. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> who's who's your uh, next tag team? Uh, rhythm and blues. That's uh, Luke. That's Luke and Butch, the Bushwhackers. Yeah. But I thought rhythm and blues was fun as hell, man. <laughs> Boxcar Greg Valentine. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fucking ridiculous. And Greg Valentine has even gone on record of saying that if he wouldn't have taken that so personal, you know, yeah, and had fun with it and did his job it the way he was, it could have been a bigger it, deal. They they could have they could have probably been tag champs, but but yeah, because Vince loved it. Yeah, and since he thought it was like a demotion or an insult or whatever, he didn't take it serious, and. Let's face it, he probably wasn't like Wayne Ferris's biggest fan. Right. But I I thought I thought they that it was it like you can't even say it like the honky tonk man was ridiculous. I mean, you can say that. But you get, <laughs> you it get is. what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean it work it didn't work. Right. The guy was intercontinental champion for all them years for a reason. Oh yeah, I don't and, I never Like, if somebody, if I ever see or hear anybody, anywhere, ever, hate on the Honky Tonk Man gimmick, I just, like, I mean, I don't literally, but figuratively, I just hawk a loogie in their face. So I'm like, you know what? That shit as a heel was over as fuck. And if you you don't see that, then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) And, and... uh... But yeah, I just thought I just thought it could have been a lot more than what it was, and it was as a gimmick. It, it was fantastic, absolutely. And and is somebody said something the other day 
about was there ever like a manager or name me a manager and a heel wrestler that just kind of separated and and like people were talking about a couple of the, I don't know if there was ever a, a heel manager and a heel wrestler together longer than Jimmy Hart and the Honky Tonk Man and they never broke up yeah you know what I mean yeah. like like Honky Tonk Man was never like I'm done with you Jimmy and like cracked him with the guitar <laughs> Jimmy never turned on him or nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Honky just left, and that was the end of it. But he managed like I, it, how many years? Well, from eighty six. Well, no, from eight, yeah eighty six until ninety one. Because Honky left in in well late ninety, early ninety one. Yeah, it's a hell of a run, man. <laughs> Two dudes together, but. Uh, rhythm and blues. I just put them on there, like I said, because they were a guilty pleasure. Anything? Hell on, yeah. Anything on rhythm and blues, Kyle? Or do you want to go on to your next uh, on your list? I, I just, I think it's fucking hilarious that like, <laughs> like Greg Valentine come out with fucking this shitty looking dyed hair. <laughs> That's what and it's looking and it, off. A, a, another funny thing to think about with that team before we move on. I always thought it was funny when Valentine, and I don't know if he did it on purpose or if it was just like his real thing, but when Valentine would do, you know how Honky Tonk Band did the thing with the thumbs? You yeah. know? When when Valentine would do it, it looked so stiff. Because <laughs> he didn't want to be there. Yeah. But it was but good it, shit. And whether he intended it or not, it was, it was fucking great and it was comedic gold. Kyle, who's next on your list? All right, I'm gonna go with the Natural Born Thrillers. Um, they were on my Sean list. Jindrak, Jindrak, and oh well. See, I have Jindrak. Okay, never mind. Oh, you say Chuck Palumbo? Or maybe it is, I'm sorry. Maybe, yeah, Jindrak. I have Jindrak and O'Hare on my list. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Yeah. Because they why I said Chuck Palumbo. Those two. Jindrak. Nobody knows why anybody ever said Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> I can't. I don't know why the fuck I had Chuck Palumbo in the Natural Born. No, no, he was he was in the Natural Born Thrillers. There was it was a four man group, but as far as I'm talking about, yeah, as far as the tag teams that spurned from that, yeah, Jindrak and O'Hare were an amazing tag team. Like, god damn, they're so good. Those guys, those guys were. It's funny because. And, you know, we're going to talk about underrated and, and somebody, well, O'Hare's on my list for that, too. So I got the Heavenly Bodies and O'Hare to knock off of that fucking list. But anyway, those guys, like, okay, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. If Vince, Mc, wrong. If Vince, Mc, if Vince McMahon is sitting in a room and he has the Hardy Boys and he has Jindrak and O'Hare and he's got a pick. He's picking Jindrak and O'Hare because Jindrak and O'Hare were two big fucks that could do most of what the Hardys could do. Yep. And they were amazing. They were fucking amazing. They were one of the only good things about the last two years of WCW. I really like that team. So that's a good... Were they on your list, Aaron? 
No. Okay. Well, Kyle and I had a good pull there. Yes. Anything else? It's it's a shame that they got lost in in the shuffle. And O'Hare was kind of one of those guys that, like Aaron was talking about with Jimmy Del Rey, um, like he he was um. He would have been a bigger star had his own personal shit not gotten the best of him, I guess is what I'll say. But I definitely agree with your with your call on that one, Kyle. So they were that, airing anything on They were good. <laughs> next on did my you, list. Did you uh did you sample that? Wait, hold on. Aaron, say it again. They were good. All right, there we go. I got I got one for each of you motherfuckers now. <laughs> I said mine in the form of a question. <laughs> they were good. They were good. So you're like, Aaron, what did you think of Pat Patterson? They were good. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, hey. Aaron, hey! That was your hot pocket. Hey! What are you talking about? Remember what we were talking about the other day, Aaron? Hey! Hi. <laughs> I thought you were doing the Harry Carey thing. That's what we... Aaron and I were talking about that the other day, how that's one of Will Ferrell's best shit ever. Like, hey! <laughs> you like Pop-Tarts? <laughs> if the moon's made of cheese, would you eat it? Would you eat it? I'd watch that with an ice cold Budweiser. Hey, hey! So next on my list is a team that I know a lot of people like, but I think it's underrated because a lot of people don't talk about it enough. And that is the team of Ron Simmons and Butch Reed, the team of Doom. Oh yes, scratch them off. Me too. Fucking Doom's amazing. Doom's one of the greatest tag teams of all time, and it never—they never get talked about in that conversation. No, it's—it's it's always about Rob Simmons. And they all—they oh, had badass fucking theme music. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you, if if you guys the fans out there, if you all you know of Ron Simmons is either Peruk or fucking him saying "damn." Please go back and watch some fucking Doom. You know, I just watched a match the other night. Like, some of my favorite tag team matches are any time you got the Steiner Brothers in the ring with Doom. Yep. Those two teams just beat the ever-loving fuck out of each other for 15 minutes. And it was tag team magnificence. And I knew knew they'd be on your list, Aaron, because we're both marks for that team. Yeah. So what do you have to say? About those two guys. Yeah! (laughs) That's what I have to say. And you know what's great? Like, (laughs) not only that, but... Okay, and I'm thinking back to when I was a young man watching WCW... And, like, 
Other than Sting, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but other than Sting, is there a more iconic Gary Michael Capetta introduction than when he would introduce Doom? Well, that, and I like when he was like, when he'd be like, the Stana Brothers. <laughs> well, no, but I'm just like saying, like, like when he would be like, Theodore Long presents the team of Doom. Like, Doom, yeah. Gary Michael Capetta saying that is almost like, like Her- Howard Finkel saying the Macho Man Randy Savage or uh, the Immortal Hulk Hogan or Demolition. You know, it's just, yeah. it's an iconic thing. And, and every time, like, every time, I don't know why I just thought of this. After I played it, but every time, like, I make like a, a an ironclad point, you know, mm-hmm. like a definitive comment, and I leave the room, this is what I'm gonna hear in my head. It's gonna be like, and that's because I said so. <laughs> and I'm just gonna pimp out. <laughs> like, not even, not even the whole thing, just that part. <laughs> You can't make me believe that we're the only planet with people on it. How self-absorbed are you? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, shit. (laughs) Well, unless either one... Apparently we're... Of course the polar ice caps are melting, you fucking idiot. Wait, wait. If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> God, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'll never be able to coach an employee with the with a straight face ever again. <laughs> You shouldn't have put that air salt can in the baler, fucking Morty. <laughs> you know, and I know, that you are not making an effort to get those rewards cards. <laughs> anyway. So whose turn is it? That's your turn next. My turn? Yes. Okay. The next team on my list is uh, Tracy and Steve, the Wild Eyes, Southern Boys, or, or Young Pistols, whichever you want to go with. They were a great tag team. And actually, I have to say this. They weren't on my list, but what I want to say is they are actually one of my favorite, like, heel turns. Because, yeah. because they're almost like, and obviously I'm not comparing either of these two guys to the level of charisma that he had, but they're almost like The Rock. Like when they turn heel, like they're like, uh, we're not going to change who we are. So the Young Pistols slash Wild Eyed Southern Boys. <laughs> All I know is Nate said, and I quote, the Southern Boys are on the level of The Rock. <laughs> Not quite. I didn't say that. I just said they were a little under. No, their heel turn is very similar, though, in a way, because they didn't change anything about themselves. 
but they essentially said to the fans, well, we're not going to change, and we don't really give a fuck what you think, so here we are, and now you can boo us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eat it, Urkel. with With their face run, they had like... A string of fantastic matches with, uh, and I know they're everybody's least favorite form of the Freebirds, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, as a match on its own, you know, they oh, had yeah. a series of fantastic matches with Mike Hayes and uh, Jimmy Garvin. Absolutely, just fantastic. Yeah, and, and I think that that Steve Armstrong is he's not he's not Brad. You know, but he's pretty damn... I don't think there's a bad Armstrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for like, the record, it, and nobody's going to get this but me and Aaron, but... Um, Tracy Smothers is fantastic still. <laughs> still fantastic. And on top of that, Steve Armstrong now is a dead ringer for our mother's cousin, Brian. <laughs> But we won't. We we nobody's gonna get that but us. Kyle, I, I always and I've always said that I think, I think Tracy he he should have been on my list. The guys, it should have been a bigger deal. But I, I I think Tracy Smothers should have been a bigger deal. But that's that's just me. And I have to say that I met Tracy Smothers, and it was a fun story. And it was a fucking train wreck. <laughs> Kyle, do you want to hear my story of meeting Tracy Smothers? Absolutely. You tell Kyle and our listeners your your story of meeting Tracy Smothers, Aaron, and I'm going to step away for just a second, but go ahead and continue. Okay, well, I go to meet Tracy Smothers at this autograph sighting in the lovely town of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And there's many, many different wrestlers there, and I'm waiting to meet Tracy Smothers because I have a card from WCW 1991, and I want Tracy Smothers to sign. And I go to Tracy Smothers' table the first time, and he's not there. I go to Tracy Smothers' table the second time, and he's not there. And I go, well, I guess I'll go meet Glacier. So I go and meet Glacier. And I take a look over, and Tracy Smothers is not there. So then I tell my brother, well, let's go smoke a cigarette. So we go outside, and we smoke a cigarette, and we come back in, and finally Tracy Smothers is there. I'm like, this is the time. I'm going to meet Tracy Smothers. So I walk up to Tracy Smothers, and Tracy Smothers smells of marijuana. So I know where Tracy Smothers has been. And I have no problem that he smells of marijuana. But he seems he seems startled that someone wants to meet him. And I say, Tracy Smothers, will you please sign this card for me? And he says, I will. I will sign that card for you. What's the name? I said, my name is Aaron, and it's spelled A-R-O-N. He said, okay. And he even said it back to me. He said, that's Aaron, A-R-O-N, correct? And I said, yes. Yes, Tracy Smothers. Well, then Tracy Smothers sells, signs my card to my good friend, Aaron, Tracy Smothers. And Aaron is spelled A-A-R-O-N. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Well, then Tracy Smothers goes, you want to get a picture? I'm like, sure. So I get my picture with Tracy Smothers. And he goes, hey, hey, how about an 8x10? He's like, I'll just get you an 8x10. 
and, and he's going to sign it. And I'm like, all right, Mr. Smothers, you can sign it. And he's like, what's that name again? I said, Aaron. And then he signs my, he signs my eight by 10. And then he calls his, his, his buddy over. And, and cause Tracy Smothers doesn't know math apparently. And he goes, he's like, how much, how much is all this? And the guy's like, what do you get? He goes, well, he got a picture and I signed this and I signed that. And the guy's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I, uh, I'm trying to give Tracy Smothers the exact amount of money that I owe him. And Tracy Smothers is just like, fuck it. Give me 30 bucks. <laughs> so I give him 30 bucks and then we go to walk away. So I have my card that's spelled as, as, as I told Tracy Smothers, it's A-R-O-N. And he said, A-R-O-N, correct. And I said, yes. And he, like I said before, assigned it to my friend Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, mm. Tracy Smothers. And then I looked down at my autograph, 8x10, which he signed not 30 seconds after he signed my card. And it says, to Eric, from Tracy Smothers. <laughs> to Eric, from <laughs> Smothers. And I looked at my brother and said that was a complete fucking train wreck. And Kyle. And I, enjoyed I enjoyed every goddamn minute of it. Kyle. Yes. I got a good joke in on that one, too. Because Tracy Smothers signed that thing to Eric from Tracy Smothers. And I told Eric, or I told Aaron that he should take it over to Eric Bischoff and say, here, Tracy Smothers signed this for you. <laughs> Who I also met Eric Bischoff, and, and he was that's my that's my story. That Eric Bischoff is a fucking dick, and I love it. <laughs> yes, that's what I was gonna say. I also met Eric Bischoff. Really? He, he was a complete asshole. <laughs> Every it was everything I wanted <laughs> to be. Like I told Nate, if I would have met Eric Bischoff and he was the most pleasant man in the world, I would have been like, "This is horrible." So here's here's the story. I go. Uh, Aaron got his picture made with Eric Bischoff. Okay. But my goal, since Kevin Nash was there, was to see how much I could pay for me and Aaron to both get our picture taken with Nash and Bischoff. All right? So I go up to Eric and his handler, or whatever the fuck this guy was, his bitch, and say, how much would it cost for me and my brother to get a com combined picture taken with Bischoff and Nash. And Bischoff's like, I don't know, ask him. First dick thing. And I was like, all right, this totally seems like Eric Bischoff. So the guy tells me, for you guys both, with both of them, it would be 50 bucks. Okay. So Aaron and I go to get in line in the Kevin Nash line, and we're going to get our picture taken with Nash and Bischoff. Bischoff, mind you, was in on this conversation. He was privy to this conversation and saw us get in line, right? And as soon as we get in line, Eric Bischoff makes a beeline for, like, the concession stand or whatever. No, he went to go talk to MVP. And then went to the fucking concession stand because the entire time we were there, he was stuffing his mouth with food. No, he was just eating... I'm fat! No, he was eating tater chips and beer. <laughs> and popcorn. And this and it was great and pizza. People, people were like talking to him and he was just eating potato chips. Like just looking at him. It was great. 
And like every once in a while, you look over and he just have his sunglasses on, <laughs> drinking <laughs> a beer and eating potato chips. <sighs> it was fantastic. All right. Then Ricky Morton came out for his match, and he didn't think the crowd was reacting enough. And he looked down at the crowd, and he's like, the matches before must have sucked. Must have sucked. <laughs> and then he looked at a bunch of kids out in the crowd and said, come on, get the fuck up. <laughs> wake up. Wake the fuck up. Yeah, wake, wake the fuck up. <laughs> so, Kyle, who's the next team on your underrated tag teams list? That's. I'm just going to say this. I'm sorry. Obviously, they're not on anybody's underrated list, but that is the most enjoyable um, interaction I ever had with two wrestlers in my entire life. Oh, yeah. The Rock and Roll Express were fantastic. The Rock and Roll Express, they were fantastic. Like, I was legitimately let me, laughing let at me, these guys. Let me tell you not this. Not laughing at them, laughing with them. They, they were, I, I had the most fun interacting with those guys. Kyle? Yes. Real quick, before we go to the next on your list, I'm going to tell you the story about the Rock and Roll Express and when I met them. All right. So they were taking photos, and when you took their photos with them, a nice little surprise Aaron and I caught on to was they actually were letting people wear their WWE Hall of Fame rings while they were taking your picture with them. For no extra money. So if you look at... If, yeah, exactly. No extra money. So if you look at my picture or Aaron's picture on our Facebook group with them, you'll notice that we are wearing the Hall of Fame rings. So you got both, right, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. So I go to take my picture with them, okay? And Ricky Morton's talking to another fan, and Robert Gibson's talking to me, and we're going to get our picture taken, and Robert Gibson says, Ricky, get the fuck over here. That's his exact words. So we can take our picture with this man. So we go to take our picture, and Ricky or Robert has already given me his Hall of Fame ring to put on, which is fucking awesome. Ricky Morton looks at me and goes, Do you have Robert's Hall of Fame ring on? And I said, Yes, I do, sir. And he said, Well, good, because I can't get this motherfucker off my finger. <laughs> they were great, man. They were fucking awesome. And they were, yeah. And live, they were fantastic. Yep. But we're, we're getting off the beaten track. Here. We are, but it's fun. So, Kyle, who's next on your list? I'm going to go with the Varsity Club. Ugh. I have to disagree with you on that. No, and I, 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 I'm sorry, and I'm gonna let you. <laughs> Aaron's popping for my reaction. It wasn't bad. Oh God, no, I'm I, I, I'm sorry. You guys could talk about. I fucking hate the Varsity Club. They're boring. They're stupid. The gimmick is stupid. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan doesn't belong in it at all. Mike Rotunda's fucking yeah. boring. Dr. Death is going, rung, 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 rung. it's, I hate it. I hate the varsity club. No. Actually, so it's, it's you and Aaron at this point. Cause I'm checking I out. I think they were, but I don't know if they're like, you know, considered the, like a great tag team that didn't get its due, but it was all talented guys. I put on face, I put on a Facebook group that micro, if, cause I like, if boring became a word, like, like, if the word boring suddenly became a person, it would be Mike Rotunda. But that was because it was Mike Rotunda as the Florida heavyweight champion cutting a promo. And that's boring. 
But then you take Mike Rotunda and you make him IRS, and he's exciting. You know? And it's not because he didn't change the way he wrestled or anything. He just got a better gimmick. But I, I didn't mind the Varsity Club. I liked that Kevin Sullivan took, like, a clean-cut Mike Rotunda and turned him evil over time and things like that. And I'm a huge Dr. Death fan. Yeah. That you still alive? Oh, I'm here. I'm just letting you guys talk about that turd varsity. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. I don't want to be negative, so I'm just I'm just shutting up because I you I don't, don't... want to be negative, huh? Being negative is helpful. Well, I want I want to hear you guys talk about why you liked them. I don't I don't want to shit on it yet. I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying I was a huge varsity club. Fan. I mean, I'm, I'm actually try, I'm, I'm actually trying I'm, to get Kyle's Kyle's opinion on. I'm I'm a fan of them all individually, you know, so I can't say that I hate hate the group because I like them all individually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know if I'd say they're they're an underrated tag team. Kyle, why'd you put them on your list? As a joke. <laughs> You're not trying to save face now because I went, oh, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I just I I don't know I. No, the actual team that was in that. Hey, spot, Kyle. Kyle. Yes. I think you are trying to save face. <laughs> no. I... The actual yes, team. Yeah, that... yeah, yes, you are. We love <laughs> That's called a callback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Own your shit, buddy. <laughs> I just I you like okay. the varsity club. You like the varsity club. I don't like the varsity club. <laughs> no, the actual people that were in that list was Crash and Hart for Holly. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, you really were making a joke. Well, fuck that. That turned into yes. a that turned into a fantastic fucking segment. Good job, Hardcore and Crash. Now I can be down with that. The Hollies fucking weighing in. I love the Hollies. I love the unfortunately, Hollies. Unfortunately, they're a perfect example of a great tag team, both great guys that were fucking amazing, and they all they really get remembered for is for fucking Crash being, or not Crash, but Hardcore Bob being a fucking bully and Crash run through a goddamn amusement park. Well, and that team suffers from the fact that they were part of that, and excuse the pun, but they were part of that Crash TV, Vince Rousseau era. You know? I mean, nothing from that era really can stick because everything moves so fast. And, uh, you know you know what I mean? Like, they just, if they would have been, if they would have been given time, then I think they would have been... Yeah, but if there's a gimmick that was custom made for that, it was them. It was. But like, like they, I'm not, I'm not saying like they, they were a shtick team, you know, and it, it was, they could, they could have their match and then they could have their quick little fight and then they'd go, it, it, they were, that, that was a gimmick that was custom made for it. Yeah. But yeah, I just... the Hollies were great. It was, it was, it was, um, they were both great wrestlers on top of good gimmicks on top of 
being able to have comedy and seriousness. I just love the fact that he would come out and fucking maybe like hang in it allegedly. 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 Fucking, I love that shit. How That's about you? Hilarious. How about you can't count Chocula, you fat bastard? Fat bastard. <laughs> Anything else on the Hollies, gentlemen? No. I, I'm, I'll save it for later because Crash is on my list. Oh, you're okay. Got you. So the next, the next team on my list is um, probably my favorite tag team of the mid two thousands in WWE. It is Brian Kendrick and Paul London. Oh. Good pull. Um they are they are definitely a forgotten team because of probably because of the era they wrestled in, um, kind of the way things were booked, the especially the way the tag team championships are booked. But they were a long reigning tag team champions. They never had a bad match. They're both fantastic performers. Um, and I, I'm just a huge fan of Kendrick and London, and I don't think they get the uh, the credit much they like deserve. The, much like the Quebecers were the face of Monday Night Raw, they were the the face of Velocity. <laughs> well, all right, I'm good with that then. If I'm gonna watch, I'm, Buckle- not, being, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being a dick. I'm just. I'm saying like you were saying, they weren't like you know. Yeah. No. The problem. They weren't pushed properly. They the, like they were velocity guys. Mm-hmm. And they were. The problem... oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I said I think the problem, especially with teams around that time, the 2002, 2003, is that they were trying so fucking hard to rebuild that they just threw everything at the table, and it's like, unfortunately, so much can only you know stick. What? I think, I think Kyle just transcended. He just became, he just became Mecha Kyle. <laughs> the overlord of us of our souls. Well, we must not that. look directly at Mecha Kyle. <laughs> no editing. I'm leaving that in because that's fucking funny as shit. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> Woo! I am angry, Mecca Kyle. <laughs> God damn it! Woo! <laughs> Reboot your shit, Mecca Kyle. Kyle, are you back from the netherworld? Yeah. How was yeah, it there? There's green, there's green shit everywhere. <laughs> David Arquette is still WCW champion in the Neverworld, right? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and the ICP are the fucking tag champions. Ooh, shit. Aaron. Yeah. Who is your next underrated tag team? Hold on, hold on. I wanna, oh, okay. I want to. I want to make my point that I was making before I went all demonic. <laughs> okay. 
I think the issue is, especially with people in like 2003, 2002, 2004, you had it was a rebuilding. And you yes. had so much fucking shit being thrown to see what the fuck would stick that, you know, unfortunately, guys like uh, Kendrick, they get they get lost, you know. Yep. Guys like Paul London. <clears throat> it's kind of like 95. Exactly, because not only did you have... I mean, fuck, look at 2003. You had, you had Hogan coming back. You had The Rock kind of there. You had Goldberg kind of there. Shit was and up in the fuck, air. Hey, fuck yeah, it was. Steve Austin left. You had The Rise of Cena. Not that we could see that. Well. <laughs> Which I gotta give some props to the Funko people, because they like Funko Pop wrestling figure, like dolls or whatever. They made a John Cena one that's like clear plastic. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> it's funny. So, I'm ready to go with my next tag team. Yes. The next tag team on my list is another guilty pleasure. And it is uh, Lord Steven Regal and um, Sir Robert, the Earl of Eton, the Blue Bloods. I know I didn't say his name right, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The, Bobby, Bobby Eaton and William Regal. Stephen Regal, whatever great, you want to call him. A great team. And actually... Um, Very funny. Yeah. With Bill Dundee as Sir William as their manager. Yeah. Which William Regal in his book, he's like, he's like, how a butler ever became a sir, I don't know, but whatever. (laughs) And I would even throw just, and they're not, neither neither of these teams are on my list, but they're both to me underrated. Um, I would even throw Regal and David Taylor in there. Yeah. And because I'm a, you know, I'm a big Mark of McIntyre, Regal and McIntyre. When yeah. they were doing like McIntyre and WWE in like 05 as the, or 07 as the protege of Regal. Regal and Storm were a good team too. Yes. But um, I like my favorite thing about the Blue Bloods was that like, like Bobby Eaton was, was like, you know, trying to act all proper and stuff, but every once in a while, like the hillbilly would come out <laughs> in him or whatever. And, and like Regal would smack smack Jeeves around, and then like Bobby Eaton would help him up, and like dust him off and stuff. Like he was mm-hmm. always nice to Jeeves. I always liked, I always liked their interaction. Like when when the Blue Bloods would interact with the Nasty Boys, or Public Enemy. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I, just, I, I thought the Blue Bloods was a cool act. I agree. Kyle, any thoughts on the uh, the Blue Bloods? They were good. <laughs> they were good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. They were good. Who's, uh, who's next you know, on? I'm, oh, go yeah, ahead. I'm a big fan of when teams, like tag teams do that, where like the one, they're both not assholes, or they have a different different personalities. 
they're not they're not on my list, and I don't think they should be on anybody's underrated team list. But like when Sting and Luger would team together, yeah, like they would Sting, would, Sting would have his back to him, and Luger would like do heel shit, and then when he turned, yeah. he'd be all happy again. Yeah, that was fun stuff. Like I, I love that shit. Like when it's you know each person has a character; they're not just the fucking Usos. Sting and Luger was great until they tried to stretch it out for an entire presidential administration. Yeah, well. And then and then Hogan turned face, and all of a sudden Luger was like, I don't think you can trust Hulk Hogan. You're like, God damn it, guys. <laughs> again. Back to the well. And they're like, this is an original concept. No, it's like, no. No, it's not. It's just the same thing again. <laughs> is that... I'm I'm being serious here. Is that like all of Hulk Hogan's fucking storylines? Is I don't know if you could trust Hulk Hogan, brother. Well, that or and something an observation. This is off topic, but an observation I've made watching '80s and and early '90s WWF. Yes, that was one of Hogan's prime stories. But another thing you can see watching Hogan booked in the WWF in the '80s and early '90s is you can see Vince McMahon's influence from his father because Vince yeah. really honestly he booked he booked Hulk the same way that um Vince senior booked Bruno it was just it was always a big heel that would come in get some kind of a shit shit no. like DQ or count out victory in the first match They'd have a second match where he would win, but then they'd have a third match for the title where he would retain. And you could tell Vince's influence of his father in the way he booked Hulk Hogan. You know, you got Andre, or you got Bundy, then you got Orndorff, then you got Andre, then you got Earthquake, then you got, you know what I mean? It's just like, you could you could just see it. And and I didn't I didn't realize it until recently, but if you watch it. Um, you can see Vince's influence from his father there. And then Sting's biggest biggest weaknesses were that that damaged knee that the horseman gave him and his his judgment of character. Yeah. <laughs> like Sting was always like, I think I can trust him, and then they just fuck him over. Sting had a bad way of picking friends, man. <laughs> So, unless you guys have anything else on Sting and Luger, I have... Which wasn't even who we were talking about. I know, I know. What? It was the Blue Bloods, but go ahead. Oh, I thought Kyle went with Sting and Luger. No, he said, it's okay. All right. Kyle, who's next on your list, then? Is it Sting and Luger? (laughs) (laughs) No, they're not on my list, but uh, Hollywood Blondes. Hollywood Blondes? I I agree that they're fa- I don't know that they're underrated though. I think they get a lot of credit. I do too. I don't see I just I don't think they do. I think everybody looks at like when they look at tag teams and stuff, it's like they were so good. Oh, they were fantastic. That, but people don't give them the credit that they brought a lot of the stuff that that we now see in tag teams. Well, see, I would think I like, this is how I'd say it. 
I don't think they're underrated from a fan's point of view. I think they were underrated by the promotion that had them at the time. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I think you're right. I think they got... There's a lot of times when people are like, oh, that guy got too big. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't see it because, you know, a wrestling promotion wants to make money. But I think I think those guys got together. They were thrown together because they had the company had nothing else to do with them. And then I think they were a victim of they got too big. They were getting too good of a reaction and I can say that because the people that were running the company at the time were kind of, you know... Fucking idiots. Not really. It, well, yeah. But also were kind of... Um, I don't want to say superficial, but I, I love Ric Flair, you know? But Ric Flair was... Con- Ric, they, they were... They got hot at the time that a booker was in the room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Ric Flair was protecting his spot and didn't want these guys to get as big as what they were. If that makes sense. Absolutely. One of my favorite tag teams ever, actually. They were a victim of how the booking in the WWE is right now. They got too big for the spot that the company thought they should be in. <clears throat> so then they just squashed it. Yeah, well, and and, and that's what WWE does now. Yeah, I mean they haven't so much with like you know people, oh Kofi Kingston's the champ, you know it's like well that's the first time in like ten years that the WWE actually you know did that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so the next one on my list is one of my actually one of my favorite tag teams of all time, Booker T and Goldust. Mm. It's a good pick. I love that combo. The from the ring entrance to the interaction with each other to I mean just pretty much everything. Booker T and Goldust to me is an act a combo act that doesn't get enough credit that it deserves for not only being uh, I mean consistent bell to bell I mean, if anybody argues with that, then I personally, I think they're a fucking idiot, but also charisma and just, and just, you know, chemistry with each other and making you smile. You know, one of my biggest things in wrestling is I, I always gravitate to guys that make me smile. Eddie Guerrero, Steve Austin, Bret Hart. I mean, at times, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Booker T and Goldust as a team made me smile and I enjoyed their matches. I enjoyed the team. I don't know if it's the right word, but Dustin Rhodes is like an anomaly. Yes. Like, the guy is like, most guys, they get older and they don't, they don't, like, you still see, like, the greatness of them or whatever, but it, it starts to fade off. But, like, Goldust in this last run was better than he was in 1996. Yeah. Well, and that's why, that's kind of why I put Booker and, gold dust on my list because Booker was the same way. Booker got better as he got older. Yes, and but I'll be honest with you, as much as I enjoy most of Dustin's career, 
my favorite period of Dustin's career is when he was teamed up with Booker, personally. Um, I just, I don't know. I just thought they had an amazing chemistry, you know? And, and yeah. th- I mean, that's just me. I don't know what you guys think, but I think they're, I think they're underrated as a team. I, I'm, I agree. Like even their entrance, you know, like it would start out with the gold dust music and he'd come out and then Booker's music would hit and he'd come out and they'd do the fire, you know, Booker would do his thing with the fire and gold dust would do the, and I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I really like that team. So I don't know if there's anything else that needs to be said about it uh, before we go on to Aaron's next one, but I think I've made my point. <laughs> All right. The next team on my list is Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas. Hmm. A good a good pick, actually. Um, <laughs> honestly, probably the only... I, I know this is probably an unpopular opinion, but probably my favorite... My favorite period of Shane Douglas's career, because the rest of Shane well, Douglas's the the rest of Shane Douglas's career, I'm not a big fan. So, I'll give you that one. And to kind of piggyback on what Kyle said, <clears throat> um, I don't think the Hollywood Blondes would have had the success they had if they wouldn't have had the if they wouldn't have had that team to feud with. Right. A lot of what Steamboat and Pillman got was because they had a stellar tag team and Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas to work with. Mm-hmm. Kyle? Yep. Yuck. I agree. I, Shane, Shane Douglas to me is a fucking anomaly. Where you can't eat that many waffles and be a good wrestler. Well, like he's either really, really good or really, really bad. Like my thing about Shane Douglas is is um, other than his team with Steamboat, honestly, I'm not a big fan of his in ring work, and his promo work leaves something to be desired because his promo work and at the time, yes, quote unquote, it was revolutionary, but his his promo ability really only has to do with dropping the F-bomb. So, Steamboat, I think, elevated him. Much like I believe, and, and Aaron, I don't know if you you disagree with me or, or not, because you're the resident NWA slash WCW guy here. But I think that, I, I believe the same thing about Shane Douglas that I believe about um, Jay Youngblood. I think that without Steamboat, he's not really that good. Young Shane Douglas, young Shane Douglas was good. I didn't, I see, I didn't think so. And, and I, don't, I didn't think Jay Youngblood was that good without Steamboat either. But, no, I'll say that. I'll, I'm, I'll put it out there. Young Shane Douglas was good. And, and I didn't want to see... Shane Douglas have a 60 minute match but when when he was younger and before he became like you know overinflated Shane like like bigger fan of himself than anybody else Shane Douglas he was he was a talent 
I'll, I mean, we can move on if you want, but that's my opinion. Kyle, who's your next one? This is my last one. All right. But I have to we talked all the other ones. It's a personal favorite. I, unfortunately, because of the guy, I don't think that they got the credit. And people don't look back on finally, but it's Yokozuna and Owen Hart. Aaron had that in his honorable mentions. And um, although not on my list, Which I would... Guy? Kyle, you said because of the guy. Which guy? Yoko. I've never heard anybody say I don't like Yokozuna. No, I'm saying it's because of him not getting his weight and stuff under control. They didn't have the longevity that... Oh, all right. I got you. I thought you meant because of the guy, people didn't appreciate him. No, it's because he just couldn't get his personal shit taken care of. They didn't have a long stretch. And people don't really, you know... It was Look great. It. it was fucking they, great. Oh, when they win they, the ti- when they win the titles at WrestleMania 11, Owen, oh my god. Nate, yeah. When you're talking about like shit that makes you smile or whatever. Mhm. One of my favorite things in the history of professional wrestling is when Cornette announces Yokozuna and Owen hugs him. Yeah, that's Owen what I'm still, like. Like Owen almost acts like he didn't know that Yokozuna was going to be his partner. You and know? then, and then he and hugs. He knows he has this like 500 pound behemoth as his chance. He, hu- he hugs Yoko. He hugs Yoko doesn't hug him back. He hu- yeah, and he hugs Yoko, and he looks so small. Yeah, it's it's almost like um, it's not the same thing, but it's the same premise. You know, it's it's like it's like Andre with his hands around Yuker's neck. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like this unbelievable, like, this dude's fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> Owen's so ecstatic that Yokozuna's his partner. <clears throat> and the fact that, like, he hungs, when he hugs him on the steps or whatever, that shit pops me. The thing that I love the most about it is because you have somebody like Yoko who is an attraction. It's like fucking Andre was. You don't need to have him out doing, you know, a 30-minute you know, 20 minute match where you put him in a tag team with somebody who can fucking go and then, you know, tag him in just for the most important parts. And then, I mean, it just works perfect. Absolutely. And with Owen's personality and Owen's character and Owen's demeanor, it worked, it worked perfectly. Like Owen and Bulldog were a better team, but Owen and Yoko were more entertaining, if that makes sense. Yeah. An entire Camp Cornette is one of the greatest factions ever. So, anyway, (laughs) we've already talked about that. All right. So, unless there's anything left on Owen and Yoko... I'm going to go with my next one, and it's going to be controversial, I think, with some of our listeners. But I think an underrated tag team, and and, and I say this because of, quote-unquote, I'm going to say this. It's because of, I think they don't get enough attention for the amount of merchandise they sold. I don't think they get enough attention for um, the amount of um, entertaining that they would get credit for. Are you going to say the headbangers? No. (laughs) No. I don't think they get enough credit. 
overall. And they the were never... They, huh? Is it the Bushwhackers? Yes. Yeah. It's the Bushwhackers. The yeah. Bushwhackers... The Bushwhackers were... And I'm not talking about... I'm not even talking about the Sheep Herders. The Sheep Herders were an amazing team. Like when they were allowed to be hardcore and all that. But when they came to the WWF and they became the Bushwhackers... I don't know that anybody can deny how over they were, how much merchandise they sold, and how entertaining they were. You I know what I mean? I love when they remodeled the rumpus room with <laughs> four for days. <laughs> like when they when they when they when they try so hard to like measure out mm-hmm. because they're gonna put the hole in the wall. And then they, <laughs> and just, then they just throw the fucking sledgehammer <laughs> through the wall. Oh like, fuck! They take they take a good minute to measure it out. <laughs> like, hey, we got it, we got it, and then just fucking randomly throw the thing through it. So I take it you don't disagree with me. No, I love the Bushwhackers. I'm gonna tell I, you something. I think the Bushwhackers when I, when is just at the, when they're at the Bush Gardens. The, and Bobby's like, I don't want to find the Bushwhackers. They're just the epitome of entertainment and fun in wrestling, and it was just oh. two guys who were great athletes and great performers just having a good time and i hate that when people are like oh and then luke williams and butch miller went to the wwf and they weren't anything like what they used to be it's like it was two guys that beat the shit out of their bodies for years and then finally got to the wwf and vince mcmahon said you guys can make more money than you've ever made in your entire lives and you don't have to cut yourselves up anymore exactly just go out there and have fun, guys. And you know what? Again, I go back to my thing, the smile factor. When I was a younger man, they made me smile. Yeah, they were they, they it, it, like it's almost like it's almost like Dusty Rhodes. Like Dusty Rhodes said, like when he got there, Vince McMahon looked at him and said, "Dusty, you're not in charge of anything. You don't have to worry about anything. Just go out there and have fun." Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you in this next two years or whatever. I'm gonna make you more money. money. Ever, I'm <laughs> gonna make you a shitload of money, and all you gotta do is go out there and have fun. Yeah. Matter, matter of fact, when I was a kid, when I first started watching wrestling in like '91, '92. <clears throat> the very first Hasbro guys I got was the fucking Bushwhackers. Hell yeah. They were they were they were my my favorite guys when I was a kid. Like before I knew, you know, behind like Hulk Hogan and all that and everything. But yeah, like they were it was the point where I was like, oh, watching the Royal Rumble with my grandmother. I was like, maybe Bushwhacker Luke or Butch is gonna win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> because and I, I liked their music. Because I had no fucking idea what the fuck wrestling really was. Their music was fun. Yeah, I like the Bushwhackers. So, Aaron? I have three more teams. How many do you I think have? I get to the point, too. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep... Oh, that's all like, right. Like, when I would watch, like, the Royal Rumble, i get pissed at Hulk Hogan. I'd be like, why did you throw the Bushwhackers out? <laughs> you fucking son of a bitch, Hulk Hogan. You're supposed to be a good guy. How many yeah. teams you got, Nate? I still have two left. I have three. All right. Well, you're you're next. All right. Um, the next team on my list, and Nate, this should come as no surprise to you. Do you want to guess who it is? 
No, I'll let you reveal. It's the Beverly Brothers. They almost made my list. I actually, um, to be honest, Booker and Goldust edged them out. I am a huge fan of of Bo and Blake. I'm also, uh, I uh, I don't know why, such a huge fan of singles Mike Enos. The, the, I like him. I, I'm a fan of Mike Enos. I like Wayne Bloom. I think they were a good tag team. I think they could have done more. Mm-hmm. But and, and I enjoyed them. I thought Genius being with them worked. I, it was just, and if I remember right, weren't they managed for like a minute by the coach? Uh, no. They weren't. Are you sure? No. I don't think so. Okay. Well, you guys talk amongst yourself about the Beverly Brothers. They were. They were the only. They were the only good thing. Honestly, they were the only good thing. Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom were the only good thing about the last days of the AWA. And Kyle, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but the one of the great, one of the best, my favorite, one of my favorite tag team matches ever is the Beverly Brothers and the Steiner Brothers at Royal Rumble '93. Oh yeah, because Nate, they what you, what? they beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah, Nate. Yes. How firm are you of the opinion that they weren't managed by John Tolis, the coach? I I don't know that I'm a hundred percent. You don't want to bet anything because no, they were absolutely not. <laughs> I just don't remember it. I, I, look, you know, Aaron, I love you to death, man. I really do. But, you know, if you're going to bet somebody something, don't go into it like, hey, man, how sure are you? Well, I was just being sarcastic because I knew I was right because I it it was <laughs> it was like at a moment where he was also managing Kurt. So in my like in my little mind, I was like, oh, man, is Mr. Perfect and the Beverly Brothers going to perform a faction? Because I was like, that shit would be awesome. <laughs> and then they they put him with the genius, which was amazing. Yes. Um. Yeah i I can remember, I can remember in '92. Honestly, I can remember wishing, hoping that they were that they were going to win the tag team titles at SummerSlam. <clears throat> I gotta step out for a minute. You guys keep talking. Sorry. I can remember them just wishing that they were gonna win those titles at SummerSlam '92 against the Natural Disasters, and they did not. And it it, no. it, it, it is what it is. We can't go back in time, but um, yeah, I, I like the yep. Beverly Brothers, I, and I I like their entrance music. And like I said before, before Aaron chimed in with that coach bullshit. I really, really liked that that Royal Rumble '93 match with the Steiners. I, I just, it was just so hard hitting. Well, I mean, it, they were they were a great team because they brought that that sense of like, hey, we're better than you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Tully and Arn. 
and plus yep. the the SummerSlam thing, like face natural disasters suck. <laughs> yeah, they're big fat guys with their big fat smiles. Yeah, they sucked. How are they natural disasters if they're super happy? Hey kids, here comes the typhoon. Gonna kill everybody. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, unless there's anything else on the Beverly's or Enos and Bloom, I'll go with my next one. Because, Kyle, you're out, right? Yes. You're out of here. I'm out of here. The next one on my list is going to be terribly unpopular. You're both going to shit on it. It's going to be like Kyle when when Kyle joked about the Varsity Club. This is not a joke for me. I thought that this team had a cool gimmick. I thought the original incarnation of them, and that's what I'm talking about, is the original incarnation... I you thought say that public enemy I'm logging off. No. I thought that the original combination was great. I thought they were a great heel team and this may be because of my love of uh my formidable years of WWF 1997, but I am personally a huge fan of the Truth Commission. I am the Truth Commission. What's that? Would you say? I I enjoyed the gimmick, like all of the wrestlers combined. Pro- they probably weren't the best, like they were whatever. But I I really liked that gimmick, and it was at the time it was different. And I, I'm just I'm a fan of the Truth Commission. And if any of our listeners want to shit on that, go ahead and post in our group on Facebook and say Nate's a fucking idiot for liking the Truth Commission, but. I enjoyed that team and think that they're underrated and I think they should have got a bigger shot. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I'm going I'm to say that. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, you know what? What? what you know what will get really get over? You're like, what's that? South if Africans. Take, <laughs> if, we, if we take, if we take Kurgan, Bull Buchanan, and Mantar, <laughs> and, 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 this this random guy, we'll call him Sniper, <laughs> and then we have this this South African soap opera bot like actor. Let's just see what the fuck happens. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, I thought it was cool. So it was. I like the the music and the look and all that. What 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 it suffered from was. Nobody in North America or the United States, whatever you want to say, was smart enough to understand. Smart enough to understand what, <laughs> what it was, and not to mention, I think it also got lost in the fact that at that time it was it was Vince when Vince had a hard on for um, stables, factions. Yeah. And it just got lost in the faction warfare. You know, when you've got the Hart Foundation and the Nation of Domination and and Degeneration X and all that, obviously these guys were not going to rise to the top of the fucking barrel. But, like I said, I enjoyed it. And I'm actually glad that you guys didn't shit on it. <laughs> so, Aaron, what's next on your list? 
Power and Glory, Hercules and Paul Roma. I guess I, guess I said my point. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Nate, I know you don't like Paul Roma. I like Hercules. I put, huh? I like Hercules and I Slick. But, but... But I put so two on, out I of three, on, like Meatloaf I, said, two out of three ain't bad. I like Hercules I, and Slick. I put out on Facebook, I put based on look and in-ring talent alone, Paul Roma, yay or nay? Nay. I only, I only got one nay. Well, you got two now. I think Paul Roma was but. But. I mean, if the, I'm going... The power if, and glory... Power and glory, say what you want to say, have one of the greatest goddamn finishers in the history of professional wrestling. And which which one is that? It's when Herc would hit the superplex and or and Roma would jump off the top rope and flash him. And it was like seamless. You don't remember that? I do. It's the seamless fucking finisher, and it's like super fucking well I shouldn't say well it's professional wrestling but if you do that to somebody they're not picking out you know what I mean right it's good stuff and I am going to say kudos to you for that pick and and again I as an act <clears throat> as an act I'm not I'm not gonna hate on that because like I said I like slick and I like Herc I'm just not a Roma fan. So, I mean, but I can see what you're saying, and, and I know you are a Roma fan, so because of that, totally holds water. All right. Anything on Power and Glory, Kyle? Thank you, Snoop. Oh. All I'm going to say to this is, if anybody fucking hates on this shit, then go fuck yourself and go watch your goddamn Young Bucks match. <laughs> Whoa. We'll sit here in the past where it's fucking good. Where wrestling is fucking wrestling. Damn, you sounded you old just fucking... then. Like, you were like old. You were like, get off my sidewalk. Yeah. Like, you're breathing yeah. all heavy while I talk <laughs> about power and glory. And then you're like, fuck them. Like, whoa. So the next and last on my list... And again, I think this one's much like Eminem, where it's more of a, I guess, a, a circumstance of time and, and, and what people talk about and when wrestling was popular and et cetera, et cetera. But the next, te- the next and last team on my list is the world's greatest tag team, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Motherfucker. You didn't have any more list. I didn't, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't, but what is going on? But earlier this week, when I was getting ready to start doing the list, I fucking told myself, "Do not forget to put them on your fucking list, Kyle." And I forgot. One of the best tag team matches ever in the history of wrestling. And if anybody disagrees with me on this, you can stop. You can stop listening to this podcast. You can delete us from Facebook and whatever. I don't care. 
because you're an now idiot. who's fucking old yeah well all my- right but i know i'm old i got fucking lots of white in this beard but one of the greatest tag team matches ever in the history of wrestling is Haas and Benjamin against Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri in a ladder match. It's fucking amazing. Go watch it. I fucking forget what pay-per-view it was on. <laughs> Look it up and then go watch it. It's it's one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. And Shelton, Benjamin, and Charlie Haas are grossly underrated in the history of wrestling. Since I have no disagreement, I will say... I didn't know if Kyle was going to say anything else. Nope. Because I'll I'll admit, I I agree with you. And, Nate, we're... we're, uh, They are criminally underrated. Yeah, and, and I like both of them, don't get me wrong, and we're when I say that that I like both of them, you know, we're we're opposite fans of I yes. shouldn't say opposite fans, but we're we're bigger fans of the different yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, we are. We you know, Aaron's a bigger fan of, of, of Haas and I'm a bigger fan of Benjamin. I think they're both I think they're both underrated guys and uh <laughs> Yeah. Um, anybody else got anything on that? Nope. All right. The last I teetered on this, I almost went in. I almost went with this, but I didn't want to. Whatever. I almost went with uh, Rick Rude. <laughs> what is what? I'm laughing because you you pretty much just <laughs> huh? you Larry Nelson. <laughs> Why did I Larry Nelson? Because you went, I. <laughs> well, I'm trying to, like, get my thoughts together and not worry about the fact that Kyle sounds like he's having a fucking coronary. I'm concerned. <laughs> hey, he's, oh, I thought he was about better there for a second. <laughs> Go ahead. I think you breathe harder than fucking Tony Soprano. <laughs> but anyway, I teetered, and I almost went with Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude, managed by Paul Jones, who I've affectionately named the MWO. MWO. MWO, which is the Mustache World Order. But I left them on my list. I left them off my list. Because of Nate's total disdain for this tag team, even though I think they were great, but I wanted to be able to have a a a decent discussion about this last team that's on my list, and it's Mang and Barbarian, the Faces of Fear. Why do you think I disdain them? You don't like Manny Fernandez. Oh, oh, I thought you meant. Um... No, I left Rude and Fernandez off there because oh, I didn't okay. become a 20-minute okay. thing about how much you hate Manny Fernandez. <laughs> so say say Rude and Fernandez one more time. Rude and Fernandez. <sighs> I'm just going to give you the Kyle Varsity Club treatment. Because All the, right. mustache, the mustache, were, and you don't like Paul Jones, which a lot of people don't. Which, you know what? <laughs> Fuck Paul you know, Jones. You, 
You know what Fuck I noticed Paul about Jones. Paul, you know what I noticed about Paul Jones? That he fucking sucked. No. That, you know how you know how he would punctuate his sentences? Yes. Wrong. No. The way he would punctuate his sentences was, was stupid. By, was by slamming the uh, the podium. Like he would be like, and that's why we're gonna beat Garvin and Wyndham. <laughs> yeah, because he's Every a fucking idiot good. and a it terrible manager and a terrible wrestler. It was good shit. And that big fat fucking Manny Fernandez. He wasn't fat. Who sucked. He wasn't fat. <laughs> Rick Rude. God bless him. Amazing <laughs> athlete. The Mustache World Order was cool. Rick Rude was cool. All right, the, so. Mangan Barbarian. My team. I don't know. They, they might be, for me, for you. They might be Kyle's Hollywood Blondes, because I don't know that they're underrated. I think they are. Because I think they get credit. They never gave them the belts. No, they didn't. You're right. And those guys were and, fucking amazing. And if if you look at it, I don't know if there's a scarier team. Oh, God, no. Like, like tell me one tag I, team where okay. you look at it. The like, only team. could legitimately fuck any. Buddy, the only team that is probably more intimidating, literally, like for real life intimidating, <clears throat> than Mangan Barbarian, it still has Mang in it, but it's probably Mangan Andre. Yeah. Like. But, but Andre was different. Like, you know. Like Andre would like he could sit on you or something like that, you right? Know? But I never, I never like he was like oh Andre could sit on you if he wanted to and he could drink 177 beers, but nobody ever said Andre the Giant ate someone's face. <laughs> have either one of you? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get off topic, but have have either one of you watched the HBO Andre documentary? No. Okay, first of all, it's really good. Um. But it cost nine ninety nine on Amazon. Is it worth? Well, I, I watched it because I actually subscribed to HBO now, so I I saw it on there. But yes, it's worth nine ninety nine. It's it's a it's a well done wrestling documentary. But what I want to say is this: I think it's um it might be Gene, but I might be drunk, so I don't know if it's actually Gene. It, no, it's Pat Patterson. It's Pat Patterson. Uh, and we're getting off topic, I know. Do you want to know how many beers... And this is not... This is not counting the two bottles of wine and two bottles of fucking liquor he drank that night. How many beers Andre the Giant could drink in one night? I always heard it was 177. That's 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 an overstatement. That's a Vince McMahonism. <laughs> oh yeah. But when I say this as a beer drinker, much like me, you're going to appreciate it. Kyle, do you have a mm-hmm. guess? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say seventy. Aaron's was too high. Yours was too low. But both of you like beer, and drink it like I do, every probably every night. Andre the Giant could drink two bottles of wine, two bottles of whiskey, and 
106 bottles of beer. Jesus. <laughs> I do 12, and I'm, like, out for 10 hours. <laughs> well, I can drink more than 12, but I can't drink 100 and whatever you said. 100, 106 bottles of beer, and that is confirmed by Pat Patterson and Tim White, by the way. Tim White, who was Andre's best friend. Besides that Frenchy guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Besides that Frenchy guy. <laughs> what? That is fucking name? Frenchy yeah. something? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like, when I saw Barbarian, Nate, you can attest to this because I said it like completely. Like, you know, not even trying to make you laugh. The the um, fan convention we went to mm-hmm. last year, Barbarian and Warlord were there. And Kyle, I looked directly at my brother and said, Barbarian's right over there. And I have no reason to feel this way, but I'm completely terrified by oh, that. Oh, yeah. Even at, even at 50, 60-something years old, that dude is fucking intimidating as shit. And he was doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> He's just standing so, like, there. Like, no, he wasn't even standing. He Probably was just smiling. He's just calmly sitting in his chair reading a book. And I'm like, this guy is intimidating. And I probably would have gave him $20. <laughs> picture made with him but I'm like I don't want to say the wrong thing (laughs) everything I've heard about I've heard about Mang is he is the nicest guy on the planet until you fucking piss him off like that's how how truly and this is just from guys I grew up with and stuff and my friends that's a real badass to me. Yes, my 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 friend, it. my friends in life that are the biggest badasses are the quietest, nicest guys. But and and you know, back in the day, those are the guys that if we got in, this, they're the quietest, nicest guys. But if somebody's fucking with me at a bar, they will tear their fucking head off. Mm-hmm. So, like one of my favorite uh, things I ever heard anybody say was Tony Schiavone was talking about Mang, and like you know Schiavone has five kids, mm-hmm. and he said he was hanging out talking to Mang because he's buddies, and Mang was like, "Hey, Tony," he's like, "Your kids are so well behaved." He's like, "How how do you how do you how do you get them?" Back? And Shivani's like, "What do you mean? I can't get my kids to listen to me at all. Like, what am I? What should I do?" And Shivani was like, "You're fucking May." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Just tell them mow the yard, or I'm gonna eat your face, <laughs> and they'll listen to you." <laughs> what do you mean? How do I get them to do what I want them to do? It's funny. <laughs> but anyway. That was my last tag team. So we have all run through our ten underrated tag teams. Quiet except Kyle's breathing. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break. 
Kyle, when's your birthday? Uh, October 20th. <laughs> I'm not going to wait that long. I had to think about it. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a nice microphone. I've got a nice microphone. I just don't have it with me right now. <laughs> That was a good line. No, I've got a, I've got a Yeti. <laughs> I like I that, am. Kyle. <clears throat> is it in your spaghetti? Cause... No, actually, right now, what is going on is I am actually at Mom and Dad's for right now because I'm watching them because they are down in Tennessee for my aunt's funeral. Oh, well, now you just made me seem like the real heel. <laughs> okay, you don't have to feel like a heel. You had no no idea. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's why I'm on a shitty headset right now. Okay. So I'm not at my house. I'm at theirs or whatever. Because <laughs> I had to work. And <laughs> I worked up and keep time off for their ants. Well, fuck those people. Hold on. Yeah, pretty much. Kyle. Nate, you still there? Yeah. Are you? Someone pick Nate. I think I think the aliens got him. Uh oh. I know. So <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Here's what I thought was funny about the last three minutes, okay? Aaron said, Kyle, your microphone sucks. And Kyle <laughs> said, but my aunt died. <laughs> and I'm here at my parents' house. And Aaron was like, <laughs> nervous fart. <laughs> nervous what? Nervous fart. <laughs> fart? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it was funny. It was humorous to me. I'm sorry. It was funny. <sighs> but this anyway. is what you do. You just cut out like a little bit just to see what happens. What? You like just cut out. You're like, I'm going to stop talking to see what the fuck happens. There are times I do that where I just let you two talk. Because what if one day we want to record an episode and I've lost my voice? And I need you two to do it. I need to. I need to know what that's going to be like, and it's going to be a fucking train wreck. <laughs> Wait, who's in charge? Oh, I'm still in charge via text message. <laughs> that's great on the fucking voice on the recording. Just here, ding, ding. <laughs> Is a ten bell salute for me, and then what you don't happens? Think I could be in charge. What? You don't think I could be in charge? Of no, something? God, no, no. I'm a successful businessman. I, mm, I was about to mention your company, and then I decided not to because <laughs> I'm in charge here, and we don't mention our companies here. Yeah, I'm a successful businessman. That's all I'll say. But we are going to take a break. Good, because. This successful businessman has to make a deposit. (laughs) (laughs) And we will be right back because we are going to discuss in the last moments of the show 
five. Dollar foot long. Just a... <laughs> Kyle with a zinger. Kyle with a zinger at the two hour mark. Like, like you hit your zinger right at the first time for the last two hours of your mic was actually clear. This is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> Five guys it should, have been, should have been a bigger deal Kyle with his zinger <clears throat> I don't have That's right That's the way to do it brother We will be right back after this With more of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And um, wherever you're listening to the show, whether it be on Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, um, iTunes, Google Play, we appreciate your support. And we do want to encourage you to join our Facebook group on, um, obviously, Facebook, and join the discussion um, I want to thank some of our um, some of our Facebook group followers: Ashley J. Smith, Joe Christie, Ryan Damon. Thank you all for your interaction. We appreciate it. And also, I want to encourage you to support Jerry Gray, Aaron. Yeah, I always go on and on about this, but why don't you tell the listeners about? The amazing Jerry Gray. Um, until I, I heard him on other on another podcast, um, family or whatever. I didn't know a lot about Jerry Gray, but Jerry Gray is. Um, I don't want to talk about his um, ailment because I don't want that to be the only thing about him. If that makes sense. But he he's a great storyteller. He's very funny. He seems like, um, obviously, I've never met him in real life, but he seems, I real life, in person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He seems like a very honest, genuine, down-to-earth, good-natured guy, and he doesn't let what's happening in his personal life and his... Um, I mean, he has, he has stage four cancer, but he doesn't let that bring him down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's just an all-around good guy, and that's what sucks about cancer is it always seems to happen to good people. And and I I appreciate the guy's stories. And I yeah, think me too. I, 
Jerry's wrestled. Trying to talk about somebody. Jerry's wrestled some of the greats in the business, and much like say a Dwayne Gill or a George South, whether he was doing the job for that wrestler or what have you, Jerry Gray gave his best in every match, and he is like Aaron said, battling stage four cancer right now. So I do post the Jerry Gray. Uh, GoFundMe on our Facebook page and Facebook group at least a couple of times a week. And any support you can give for Jerry as he battles stage 4 cancer is greatly appreciated. And um, I just want to encourage you to give. And, you know, we're, we're as, as wrestling fans, we are a family. And if someone from our family, whether it's a Mark, whether it's a wrestler, what have you, is in need of something please give and um and let, let's just be a family that being said our next list that we're going to talk about on the show as we have all compiled lists of five guys that should have been a bigger deal in professional wrestling and on this one, Kyle, I'm going to let you go first. Even though it was Aaron, right. even though it was Aaron's idea, I'll steal his heat and let you go first. Well, we kind of talked about him earlier, <clears throat> but uh, Crash Holly. He um he started, I believe. It's kind of a wrestling leprechaun character. Yeah, it was Aaron O'Grady. Aaron O'Grady, was, there it is. It was in Los Angeles working for that. Um, as far as I know, I can remember without like going on Wikipedia or whatever, he worked for that. If you guys ever watched Beyond the Mat, that fucking uh, human... Roll, fucking roll, Roland roll Alexander? Up. Roland Alexander. Yeah, he started out with that 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 IPW or whatever it was over there. A lot of people also misconstrued that that Crash Holly was the Leprechaun in WCW. That's a miscon. That's like a misconception, which it was not. That was that was Dwayne Bruce. Yes, the um, Sarge. Yes, and then. He got to the WWF and was on the um, Spanish version of Superstars and was the green... Oh, what was it? It was a playoff. Like, like when you said green, it sounded like you were saying green, the gringo. But, yeah, he, he, that's how he got into the WWF was they saw him in California and he worked kind of that lucha mexican style and he got on there and then he became crash and and it was gold it was gold it's unfortunate how he left us but i don't want to harp on that but yeah mike lockwood was a hell of a talent and um kyle i know you said you know he was going through the amusement well the amusement park or whatever but that that was that was good shit. 
No, it definitely was good shit. It's just it's sad that that is unfortunately a lot of what people remember him for is the goofy, funny. Honestly, it's honestly it's it's good that that happened for him because if he wouldn't have had that, you wouldn't be talking about Crash Holly right now. Like if they wouldn't have just had Mike Lockwood as just a straight up going out there and having matches and being a wrestler, he wouldn't have had a career because he was smaller than Chris Candido. Yeah. Like if he wouldn't have had that, he wouldn't have had nothing because Mike Lockwood wasn't six, five and 255 pounds. Mike Lockwood would have been, he wouldn't have made it if he wouldn't have had that. And I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just saying like them finding that for him was his niche. And if he wouldn't have had that niche, Somebody, whoever came up with that idea, wouldn't have been around to come up with it. Mike Lockwood wouldn't have had the career that he had. Just the reality of the business. Yeah. Aaron, who's first on your list for this one? First on my list is um, Rob Conway. Rob Conway had the look. He had the build. Take he was the reverse of what we just... Huh? Take a look at me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people can say what they want to say that. And I actually didn't mind that. But Rob Conway was the the flip side of what I just said about Crash. Like, that guy had, like, like people talk about when you, when you design a wrestler, you, you think of Billy Gunn. You know, you can say the same thing about Rob Conway. Rob Conway should have been a bigger deal in wrestling, and for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the fact that maybe he was the best talker in the world or what. He just never seemed to to make it. He was in that era of guys like well, like we were talking about earlier with the tag team of Eminem. Uh, it was one of those eras where WWE was just throwing shit against the wall and seeing yeah. if it would stick. Like I don't, I don't know if this this makes it was like that weird like Johnny Laronitis just took over talent relations type thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I always thought Rob was good too. Um, and I thought he got a he should have got a bigger push than he did. Um and and I actually liked the you know, I, I, I kinda I kinda I guess quote unquote mocked it at the beginning of the show, or at the beginning when we were talking about him. But with that entrance I actually liked that that, that gimmick. Yeah. You know. I, I, I thought he fit that well and with his look and his demeanor, he came off as a prick, and like uh, I'm better, I'm I'm better, I think I'm better than you think I am, that kind of a thing, and and I think that could have worked, but and like I don't know why they never do- did it, but I thought a cool like slogan for the guy could have been like, "There's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the common way." <laughs> Well, you see, you should have been writing for them at the time. Actually, anybody else <laughs> should have been writing for them at the time. But so there were a lot of gimmicks from that era that that were good. 
that didn't get enough credit. Yeah, I mean, like, and... like I hate, and I I know it got squashed because of a horrible, horrible thing. And I think I've said it on here before, but I enjoyed Kerwin White. I thought that was a cool gimmick. Yeah, White was cool. Well, and and another another gimmick that a, a guy that almost got put on my list was Kevin Thorne as Mordecai. Yeah. From that era. I thought that that, you know, their original intention for that with, with to feud with the undertaker is the white to the dark or what have you. I thought that would have been successful. And I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it was a personal thing with him or what have you. I mean, I don't know the whole story. I'm not, um, I don't work for the WWE nor am I privy to what happened per se, but I enjoyed that gimmick, but yeah, there's a lot of, and it's funny because 2004, 2005 is so similar to 94, 95, where there's so much stuff that had the potential to be good that didn't get that shake because of, of the company being in a transition era. Yeah. So the first on my list would have been either Mordecai or the Heavenly Bodies, which we already talked about both. So I'll go next with um, a guy that, and and you guys both know because of how much I've praised him in the past and, and how much I liked him in that time, that era. Um, a guy that I thought never got his fair shake. He, he, he got pushes, don't get me wrong. He got pushes, he got championships, he got... Um, but I just think that Somebody that should have been a bigger deal than they actually were at the time was Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, I agree. And his his hold back was that he couldn't talk. Still can't. Which I as mean, a, as a heel he can though. Okay. I think I think, I think he's a good cocky heel promo. I'm gonna I'm mm-hmm. gonna say something that's not gonna you might shit on. I don't know. Okay. But as a heel he can talk fine, but as a heel that can talk, he shouldn't work the style that Shelton Benjamin works. I, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. So I, so now he can talk, but then you're going to take the thing that makes him really special and you're going to, like, push that back. I almost, you know I, I agree with you on that because I almost kind of see that in modern wrestling, in the modern era with um, with Adam Cole. To an extent. Because I think that Adam Cole and his heel persona don't match his, his wrestling ability because his his wrestling ability should be a baby face. Yeah. Like, like you have Shelton go out there and cut this, like, semi-good heel promo, and then he goes out there and he has his match, and he's getting all the pots from the crowd because he's doing the best moves. Right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't coagulate doesn't work and I, oh go ahead 
like I, I might even said this before. There's a guy that I will I would and it, they're different wrestlers. But you know what I would think? You know who I compare Shelton Benjamin with? Who's that? I think of Shelton Benjamin in the same. I I'd cut him in the same cloth as I would Sting. Okay. Sting. It's a different style of wrestling, but Sting was at his time was a hell of a wrestler. You go back and you watch like 89, 90, 91. Fantastic, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But could not cut a promo to save his ass. And that's why when people go, oh, Sting should have went to the WWF. If Sting would have wound up in the WWF, he would have been, you would be talking to him. You would be putting him on this list. You'd be putting, you'd be saying, oh, Steve Borden should have been a bigger deal than what he was. Right. Because he wouldn't have been able to hang with Hogan or Savage. Hogan or Randy Savage or Roddy Piper or a Kurt Hennig. It wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. Like Sting, if you want, like, tell me one great Sting promo you've ever heard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. The the most over that guy ever was was when he wasn't fucking talking at all. He didn't say anything for a fucking year, and the people were like, "This is the greatest guy on the fucking planet." Mm-hmm. And I, I, it might not make sense. I might be talking out my ass, but that's the way I look at Sheldon Benjamin. No, I can see that absolutely. I mean, even back in oh three oh four, that's who I was comparing Shelton to was Sting. So yeah, I absolutely see the comparison there, Kyle. See, I think the thing is that even if, even if, you know, like a Shelton, like if he wants to be a heel or even a face, give him a mouthpiece then. If the issue is that he can't talk, then give him, you know, all the opportunities to succeed. Right. And go from there. You know, they gave him his fat mama. <laughs> and Vince McMahon loved her. I bet he did. Shelton Benjamin, control your mama. Control your mama. She loved Vince McMahon. (laughs) So, Kyle? Yep. You're muffled right now. Is that better? There you go. All right. Who is... Have your headset. Who is the first on your list? His was Crash Holly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's the second on your list? I'm in charge now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that fucking... I'm like that little black guy on that Tom Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Kyle, who's second on your list? Hakushi. Oh, fuck. He's on my list. Jinsei Shinzaki, Hakushi. How in the fuck he was not bigger than what he was? What'd you just say, Nate? <laughs> I said Jinsei Shinzaki, Hakushi. Well, if you do that, you better clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> that dude was fucking amazing. Amazing. And WWE. 
WWF, whatever, dropped the ball on Hakushi in ninety four or in ninety five, ninety six. And then some. You have this guy who is doesn't look like anything else on the roster. And doesn't wrestle like anything else on the roster, mind you. Exactly. Um, he was, yeah, when I was, okay, we're so, so we're talking like 95. All right. Let's just say 95. I mean, he was there in 96, but not really. So we'll just use 95 as the, the prime year for Hakushi in the WWF. And they brought him in. And I remember at that time, because to be honest, at that time, I was let's see, 95, so I was, I was 16 going on 17 years old, okay? And I was not, I mean, I watched WWF, obviously, I mean, WWF was my promotion, um, I watched WCW, but they were more Aaron's promotion. I was not at that time in my life particularly familiar with Japanese wrestling. Um, for a WWF fan in 1995, in my teen years, that guy was something fucking special. Like, he was different. And... The look, the style, the—I mean, everything about him. He was—he was something special, and they dropped the ball on him. He—he he is somebody that there is no reason why he could not have been WWF champion. There's Absolutely. no reason why that he. I mean, you talk about, we talk a lot of times about, oh, this person came way too ahead of their time. No, he was fucking perfect for the time he was. Mm -hmm. But fucking, for whatever reason, WWF fucked it up. Yes, they did. And he's definitely someone they dropped the ball on. So, Hakushi, um, off my list. He could have been the... WWE version of uh, or WWF version, whatever you want to say, he could have been their great Muda. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and that is what I will put. Like a lot of times, like you know, Nate, you give me shit sometimes because I was like an NWA, WCW guy, whatever. But that's the one thing I'll give. Not the one thing, but one of the things I'll give WCW, NWA, WCW over WWF is that they didn't have a problem promoting an international star. Right. And not trying to, not necessarily not promoting an international star, but not promoting an international star and trying to put their own yeah, spin like, on like it. W, like WCW didn't go, hey, we got an idea with figure eight Muda. Let's have Norman the trucker teach him how to be American. Right. You know, kind of like what they did with Barry Horowitz and Hakushi. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, who is next on your list? 
This is going to be one I'm going to get it out of the way because you guys are going to be like, oh, you're wrong. Um, Owen Hart. <coughs> I don't Owen think... Hart should, Owen okay. Hart should have been a much bigger thing than what he was. Other than... All right. I mean, I, I actually, I'm not going to go that you're wrong because I think that... In 94. Owen Hart should have been the WWF champion in yes, 1994. Yes. I don't think necessarily that he was underused or should have been a... I guess saying that he should have been the champion is saying that he should have been a bigger deal. But, I mean, I think Owen that I think Owen received a good push and, and, and received the stardom and the notoriety... That he deserved, but I do agree with you in that one. Actually, I don't. I don't shake my head at that. I do think, and I think I'm thinking back to my brain in 1994, SummerSlam '94. I think Owen should have won the title. Yep. And I think that you can say what you want to say, and with how much they hot potatoed everything, I think there's a good. I think that he should have had a I'm not saying he should have been like champ for like a year or anything like that. I think he should have had a a decent title run in 1998. For everything that they say that WCW dropped the ball with Brett, WWF mm-hmm. dropped the ball with Owen. I agree. Like when he came out and like attacked Sean and all that shit after like being gone for a minute after the Montreal screw job and everything, he could have been exactly what they said WCW could have done with Brett. Where Brett should have been the number one babyface or whatever. Owen should have been bigger than what he was in '98. And I think that, and, and, and they squandered it. But in their defense, I think that that contradicted with, unfortunately, that contradicted and was contrast to the rise of Austin. Yeah, but there was there was a time like you could have put the belt on him for a hot minute, and then you know he could have you put a you put the belt on him for a hot minute in between that WrestleMania or that you know what I mean? Right between Survivor Series between Survivor Series and Mania. Yeah, and then he's he's the champ for a hot minute, and then he can. You can you can leave him in the mix because he can be the guy that says you know I was the world champion I he could have been like you do that with him then he could be the second challenger after Foley or whatever mm-hmm. to Austin for the championship oh yeah and and it would have been like hey this guy was the champ he's a two time champion so he, he works in there like I I think Owen should have risen higher than the intercontinental title not to cut you off um like i was trying to do a second ago but yeah i totally agree with that especially like even if even if you had not put the belt on him i agree that at some point a heel owen hart should have been a challenger at least like like mick foley should have been a challenger to the babyface 
Steve Austin champion. Maybe even not even win the belt, but just be a heel challenger. And probably politics and the fact that he broke Steve's fucking neck or whatever. Yeah. Played a part in that. And that's beside the point. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he could have been an effective heel opponent for Austin, much like Mick Foley slash Dude Love was. And and he didn't get and you know what? And and it's one of those things where you just shake your head and don't like to speculate, but had Owen been given that opportunity, would he have been put in that position as the blue blazer? You know? I mean, and that's not something I want to get into right now. That's probably a bigger discussion. But yeah, I definitely agree on Owen Hart. Um, uh, the next one on my list, which we kind of sort of discussed in a tag team, but I want to discuss them as a singles, is I think that a bigger, a guy that should have been a bigger deal in wrestling, and, and this is one of those things where we go back to what we were talking about earlier with, with personal demons, like with Jimmy Del Rey and etc. cetera. Uh, uh, Sean O'Hare. That was a big mark for Sean O'Hare. Yeah, he definitely should have been bigger. I was discussing earlier when we were talking about tag teams how how Jindrak and O'Hare were like uh, a bigger version of Matt and Jeff Hardy. And more to that extent, I think that Sean O'Hare, had he not let the bullshit in his life control him in a way, could have really been a six-foot-something... Two upper two hundred to three hundred pounds, uh, Jeff Hardy. I mean that guy. I think was that good. When you look at him in his prime, competing, I think that he was, he was as he was good enough to be a very tall, very big version of Jeff Hardy, if not better, because of his height and his look. I agree. I liked the um, um, Al Pacino, whatever type gimmick that he had too. Yeah, definitely. The um, oh god, you know what I mean. <laughs> the was, devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. That, and you know him getting the endorsement from Piper, and and I don't know. It just. And again, like I said, I know he's one of those guys where we we can't really fault the booker or the promotion because his personal demons obviously are what... Because what, Vince McMahon obviously saw the same thing we did because he was going to try to push the guy and his personal demons are what got the best of him. But uh, yeah, I just had to include him on my list. Who's next? I think it's Kyle's turn. Yes, it is. All right. So this one is either going to get a lot of the fuck is wrong with you, or it's going to get a lot of, yeah, I can see that. It's not Uvin Guerrero, is it? No. <laughs> no. If he would have made it to the WWE, he would have been a big deal. <sighs> Gotta love it. 
At least I haven't fallen asleep on the podcast. You will never live that. <laughs> Did you just say fall asleep on the podcast? Yeah. I was fucking tired, man. <laughs> Maybe you should have entertained me some more. So, Kyle... <laughs> you know, I don't feel so bad right now. Kyle thought that Juventud Guerrero was never in the WWE. <laughs> Aaron fell asleep and snored on the podcast. And I feel better than I feel badly because right now I'm eating a rotisserie chicken while we're recording. And in my defense, you guys left like 20 minutes. No, we didn't. Yeah. I was recording. I was talking. I was having a conversation with you, and I heard. <laughs> oh, I thought it was during a break. Fucking I no! <laughs> I'm telling you, it escaped my mind that Hubenu Guerrero was ever in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad that it escaped your mind because it wasn't that great, but it was super racist. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. Sorry, who's next, brother? All right, Kyle is. Uh, He hasn't even said it. No, on his list. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ! (laughs) I'm gonna go with Muhammad Hassan. Yeah, I agree with that one. Unfortunately, I think. Yeah, why didn't that guy's career blow up? I don't I don't get it. (laughs) I think that he was a victim of circumstance (laughs) of bullshit. That he didn't blow up Aaron. (laughs) <laughs> but I think it's it's fucking criminal that he didn't get a chance. I think he got he got saddled with a bad gimmick. Like they got not a bad gimmick. I don't want to say a bad gimmick. I think the guy was a talented guy that got saddled with a gimmick that had a had a shelf life. It was eventually going to catch up to him. He had the best opportunity in probably what? When would see around 05? 04, 05? He had the best opportunity to capitalize on something probably in 20 years or so that the Iron Sheik had had an opportunity to capitalize on. Because... We had evolved as a world to where, quote-unquote, the foreign menace didn't hold water. The foreign menace gimmick didn't hold water like it did before. And then 9-11 happened. And then WWE, just like every other form of media or entertainment or what have you, had this period of, quote-unquote, respect for 9-11, where they didn't address it. They didn't, you know, other than tributes or whatever. And then they decided, well, enough time has passed where we can have a foreign heel menace. And then they did it. 
And that was the closest thing to an Iron Sheik type character that wrestling had come in a long, long time because of political rec- political correctness and all that fucking garbage. Which, but see, by the, the way, is, um, by the way, is stupid. Um, it is because but, like, in entertainment and comedy and all that, political correctness is is an antithesis of everything entertainment and comedy is. But anyway, you came very close to that, and then you get stuffy network people involved and the same old shit, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it was a happy accident that this London bombing happened, but anyway, it's happy. All right. (laughs) For the censors, for the censors and for the prudes, it was a happy accident because they fucking live on that shit. They wait for disaster so they can bitch about something. But anyway, the my point is Muhammad Hassan and that character had a lot of steam and a lot of potential and it got fucked because of a stupid situation. One stupid situation. Not not that it was a good situation or as as Aaron pointed out that I made a bad analogy, happy situation, but it it suffered from that and got fucked. Cause he was he was good at what he did. But and like I said, the whole thing about it. And here was the thing that got me with the whole Muhammad Hassan thing is that people sit there and they're like, "Oh, it's it's controversial." No, it's really not. He never once said he's like, "Oh, I'm with you know any type of terrorist." I'm not that. He said that people in this country look at me differently. Right. Because I'm I'm Arab American, and he was right. He was using people's own persecution against them. It wasn't, you know. That's the thing about it. It's. I don't think it was done in bad taste. No, and like I said, the whole gimmick died because of, essentially, because of the pussification of America. Yeah. So yeah, I agree on Muhammad Hassan. Aaron, what? Who's your next one? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I teetered, and I, I there was one guy I was gonna put on. I, I it was like I had two guys. Okay, I know I just did it like a Larry Nelson there. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> What's the finish? <laughs> So I almost put Al Snow on my list, but I did not because I wanted to put this guy on there, and it is Savio Vega. I agree. Well, you know I agree. Because Savio Vega was the fucking shit. You're goddamn right he was. (laughs) (laughs) And the only reason that I I went with Savio over Al is because I like both of them, but I enjoy Savio Vega's work in the ring more than I enjoy Al Snow's. So that's why he won. And I understand why he wasn't a bigger deal, and that's because of his thick, you know, 
Puerto Rican accent or whatever, but because Savio in English couldn't cut a promo to save his ass, but that dude on the opposite of what I said about Owen, where like Owen should have eclipsed the Intercontinental title, Savio should have been Intercontinental champion. Yes, and he could got have held it. And could have held. He could have had like a good six month year run as the Intercontinental champion. He got a opinion. super small cup of coffee in that whole angle with Jarrett. Yeah, that was like two days. But I, I am a big Marcus Savio Vega, and that guy was one of those guys that was, first of all, super genuine as a character, super genuine as a wrestler, a fantastic wrestler. Um, and really never got his due. He could have been, and, and this is just a comparison that I want to make, um, for 1995 to 1998, let's just use that as, baby. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. He could have been what Tito Santana was. To the WWF in 1982 until 1985. And then after that, he could have been what Tito was to the WWF until Tito left the WWF in 93. Um, but instead, in his entire career, he was just what Tito was until he left in 1993. Exactly. Yes. And I have always thought that. I have always thought Savio Vega was, and, and this might get shit on. And it may not, but I thought Tito or Savio Vega was as good as Tito Santana. He was. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree on that one. So my next one on my Kyle, do you have any left? Uh, one second. Yes. Okay. Here, two left. Two left. All right, so I have one left because my list was the Heavenly Bodies, which we talked about during the tag teams, Shelton, Sean O'Hare, Hakushi, which you had. And um, so I'll let you do one of yours, and then I'll do okay. my last one. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Christian. Christian. That's a good pick. It's a good pull. Um. Why? Okay. So I guess my devil's advocate question. He was, he was the world heavyweight champion. Oh, but but you get. I'm playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I kind of know what you're gonna say, but for our yeah. listeners, I'm playing devil's advocate. He deserved to have the fucking belt without having it have to be revolved around Edge. Christian's he... WWF chance. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Never mind. Oh wait, he should have been a tremendously bigger star than what he ever ever achieved. And I feel like that if he didn't have, wasn't living in the shadow of Edge, he would have been. So, Christian's WWE championship run 
or whatever. Actually, it was a world championship. Mm-hmm. I don't really fucking distinguish it anymore. But him, he had the big gold belt, right? Correct. So, yeah. Nate, correct? Yeah, the big gold belt. He feuded with yeah. Orton. He feuded with Orton over it. That was the world championship. It wasn't the WWE world championship. That was a... They gave Christian a... Um, the equivalent of giving an actor the Lifetime Achievement Award. So you're saying it was like Foley? Yeah. And, and it's bullshit. Like, Christian... Christian is a is a better in-ring performer than Edge. Absolutely. If you take just the, the look and the charisma out of it and just go with what he does in the ring, he's better than Edge. That's that's my opinion. And I like Edge. Oh, I do too. But I agree with you. I think that Christian was definitely the better. Definitely the better. I agree with me too. <laughs> I know you do. So, Kyle, you have more on your list, or is that the last one? I've, I got one last one. Okay. Let's hear it. Aaron? Oh. Do you have more on your list? Yeah, I have two. And then if it's okay, three honorable mentions that we don't even need to discuss, but I'll just say them. But okay. But we're going to let Kyle do his last one? Yes, and I have one more. And then you have... Let's, let's let Kyle squash his. Not right. squashed, but you know, you know what I mean. Throw it out there what on the be- table, Kyle. What a beautiful segue, speaking of squashing and everything else. Bam Bam Bigelow. I think that, I think you're right from a, it's one of those things where we get into that conversation. I think you're right from a promoter standpoint. Not necessarily from the fan standpoint. I don't think that hardcore fans underrate Bam Bam Bigelow, but I think the promoters did. Yep. And I think I think politics and bullshit kept him down. I think that he would have been <clears throat> Okay. You talk ninety three, King of the Ring, he beats Bret Hart or Bret Hart beats him, I'm sorry, to be the King of the Ring. Um you roll on to WrestleMania twenty, Bret wins the title. I think that Bam Bam... WrestleMania 20? WrestleMania 10. Sorry. Um, WrestleMania 10, you roll onto the title with Bret Hart. I think Bam Bam would have been... And I mean, I guess guess in reality, we we could look back in hindsight and say, well, then maybe you wouldn't have the Owen Hart title match at SummerSlam. And that's, you know, that goes back to what we talked about earlier, but Bam Bam would have been a fantastic challenger, maybe even champion, like a guy to beat Brett, or at least for a short time, for the title in 94. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You could have done where, okay, you have Bam Bam beat Brett, then he has Owen help him 
train and get, you know, and Owen's in his corner and he beats Bam Bam. And then you go into a program with Owen and Brett where Owen's like, you know, turns on him and stuff. I mean, there's, we can play hypothetical all day. I, well, or not even that. I mean, and this is not to hate on Backlund, but you could have even put Bam Bam in that spot. In the Bob Backlund spot in 94 to beat Brett for the title. And granted, that would have meant that he lost to Diesel, but regardless, yeah, I definitely agree with Bam Bam. As, well, who, as... who hasn't lost the, the Kevin Nash? <laughs> and Pat Patterson should have managed him. Bigelow? Yeah. Oh, what's the joke? <laughs> well... Pat Patterson looks like Barney Rubble. <laughs> and Barney Rubble's son's name was what? Bam Bam. Bam. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's enough of that. <laughs> What's your next one, Aaron? That was a deep cut, man. Um, oh, it was definitely deep. <laughs> Damien Sandow. I'll agree with that one. I will agree. Okay. So we're going to move on? No. No, I was thinking for a second. Because I wanted to think of how to phrase this. Because I know the... The general consensus is that we all shit on the way WWE books now. Which I understand. But do you think that he was underrated or do you think that he was, or I mean, okay. Do you think he should have been a bigger deal or do okay. Do you think he failed WWE or did they fail him? I think they failed him. Cause I, I got the perception that they tried with him. Okay. I I just think that they didn't they didn't go deeper with it. They they didn't go they they didn't invest in a long haul with it. Okay. They wanted a they wanted a oh, he's going to go out here and he's going to have this match with Cena on Raw and this should make him the man. It's like, no. He lost the match and they should have gave him more. After he lost the match. You know what I mean? Right. And they didn't. And I... the guy was a hell of a promo. He could do whatever he wanted him to do. And what they decided to do with him was make him a, a gen- like a uh, character of the Macho Man Randy Savage, you know, which got over. Yeah, but I think Sandow should have been a bigger deal. And I don't disagree. I, I was just, it, but that's how I feel. I I I definitely don't don't disagree. I was. And just, I thought you guys would be a little little proud of me because it's like the most modern thing I think I've brought up in a long time. 
<laughs> Even though it's five years old. <laughs> but yes, I'm proud of you. Okay. So the last guy on my list, and just for the record, does anybody else have anybody else on their list? I have one more. Okay. Plus my three honorable mentions that I don't have to do if you don't want me to. No, that's fine. Kyle, do you have any more? Nope. The next guy on my list is... um, I think that this guy was a fantastic performer. Is I don't know if he's still wrestling or not, to be honest with you. Fantastic. If you're talking about Dink, he isn't wrestling anymore. <laughs> what? That's the Dink Stink. Um, no, I'm not talking about Dink. The Dink Stink. The Dink Stink. Um, he was a fantastic performer. At one time, he, I think, had the potential to be one of the focuses of the industry, to be perfectly honest. He was doing things that um, that were wowing audiences. He had good charisma. And I don't know I don't know whatever happened to this guy, to Is be it honest. Abbott? No. Fuck off with that shit. Um <laughs> it was Elix Skipper. Oh, that's a good poll. That guy was fucking amazing. He's not wrestling he was, anymore. He was he was not he was one of those guys like the Hardys where okay. This guy can do the most amazing fucking high spot I've ever seen in my life. However, his match is not... Do you know what I mean? Like, his match is not Crash TV. His match is not high spot. But the high spot that he does is fucking amazing. And I just... I don't know. I... I'm a, I'm actually, and they were a tag team for a long time, and I'm a big fan of Christopher Daniels, but to me it's a sad, sad thing that Christopher Daniels is still in the business and Elix Skipper isn't. Because that guy was fucking great. I agree. Yep. Yarp. <laughs> yep. Everything, from what I understand now, Elix Skipper is a manager at Applebee's. Really? Well, I want to yeah. eat. I want to eat at that Applebee's <laughs> because Alex Skipper is going to make me the best fucking club sandwich I've ever had in my life. Well, he's only there from like eight to ten. Fuck. <laughs> and that's eight p.m. to ten p.m. That's the restaurant business. <laughs> you know? Do you know why? Why? You know why he only works at that time? That's prime time. Oh, snap. (laughs) Did that make up for, like, the last joke I did? The last two jokes you did. All right. You guys ready for my honorable mentions? Yes. And then I'll do my last... I almost said do my last guy. That sounds gay. Oh, my. Um, my honorable mentions are these three guys almost made my list but I took them off is Ken Shamrock Waylon Mercy and Hardcore Holly 
Waylon Mercy, I absolutely agree with. Um, at Hardcore Holly, I can see that one. He was um, one of the most consistent performers of the 90s. And I know you fucking hate Ken Shamrock, but I, I like Ken Shamrock. I don't fucking hate Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock, Ken Shamrock isn't Ronnie Garvin. I don't hate Ken Shamrock. I think Ken Shamrock. Who? <laughs> Ken Shampoo. Ken Shamrock. You know I th- what my favorite? Ken Shamrock is overrated. Is I don't hate him. Shamrock and shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Shamrock is overrated. He's not shitty. He's just overrated. Okay. Well, I think he should have been a bigger deal. They tried. Fuck, they tried. But all he could do was, yeah, get out of my way. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> get out of my anyway. You done? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Ready for my last one? Yes. And I, is this the last one on anybody's list, or do you have another one, Nate? I don't have another one. Oh, I'm the main event. Yes. The last one is Too Cold Scorpio. Fucking amazing. Yep. I mean, the guy, I, I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was a bad talker. There's some people that say he was, but I don't think he was a bad talker. Uh, he in ECW. Like, he was a bad talker in ECW. Huh? He was a bad talker in ECW. Okay, I I think he I, showed that he could. He in ECW he could be like you know like a cocky. He was. Um, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to cut you off at all. Um, but you know you know I'm a big mark for the guy. Yeah. I mean I love Scorpio. I, I think that he's one of those guys that almost, if he was, say he was 27 today, okay, and W, like Seth Rollins, I'm just going to use Seth as an example. If Scorpio was 27 or 28 today in Seth Rollins' position, he Sorry. could, if they could write or guide him into good promos, and then let him do his thing in the ring. I think he, uh, you couldn't top it. Like he would be Seth Rollins today, because as an in-ring performer, from probably what 1992 until almost until he, you know, until the the, the until the time he put on the fucking tank top in the Job Squad in '98 in WWF. One of the best performers in the world. But his promos just... I don't know. I, I was never a big fan of his promos. But as far as an in-ring, in-ring performer goes, fuck yes. That guy was amazing. And you know what I dug as a kid? What's that? Too cold. <laughs> That fucking black girl yelling that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Take her. 
Like, like I don't I don't know if she was warning the children. Because <laughs> like they're walking down the street. Like she yells it at like the kids in the park. <laughs> it's like I like is he touching them? I don't know. Like like <laughs> Is there mace involved? Yeah, like like she's like, Everybody, here comes to go Scorpio. It's like I don't know if the children are supposed to run. Or dance. They need to, they, <laughs> huh? <laughs> I don't know if the children are supposed to run or dance. Yeah, they don't know either. <laughs> Too cold, definitely. One of the underrated should have been a bigger deal. Superstars in wrestling history. And that one, that, that, um, accusation goes to both WCW and the WWE. So now we're going to talk about next week's show. We've all covered all of our pettis, petty grievances about tag teams and singles wrestlers that were underrated or underused. Next week's show is going to be a pay-per-view review show. And Aaron has um, got the drawing together for us. Yes. And I want you guys to do, and we're going to watch this off air, but I just had to watch that. Yes, we are. That that thing that Kyle sent us. (laughs) I just had to watch that. Okay. While we were taking a little break. Huh? While we were taking a little break. Yes, and after the show, you guys, well, right now you can if you want, but I want you to get on YouTube, and I want you to type in The Ultimate Showdown, and then there will be, like, um, brackets or whatever, and it will say, like, with MP3. So is this something I should make a YouTube bonus for the podcast? If you want, you can record us watching it. Okay. Well, anyway, let's go on to let's let's forget about that for now. Maybe there will be a bonus episode coming up, and um, we're gonna have a pay per view review episode next week. And Aaron, what is the pay per view review we're gonna do? That Kyle has selected. That Kyle has selected. Because I wrote one through five, and I told you guys to select a number. And Nate, I'm just letting you know, you picked four. Which was? And and you decided to let Kyle pick instead. Tell me what I missed on. You missed out on King of the Ring 1994. Oh, well then fuck. Whatever Kyle has has to be better. Do you want to revise your statement? No. Because what Kyle has selected... King of the Ring 1994 is one of the worst pay-per-views ever. Are you going to let me finish? Ever. What Kyle has selected is AWA Wrestle Rock 1986. Kyle. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, you motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, 86? Yeah. Wrestle Rock 1986. That's what we're watching. Wrestle Rock 86. Yes. For next week's show. It is on the WWE Network. <clears throat> Rock and roll bucks zoom offs on it. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a pedophile on it. 
Kyle? Which, is, which you could say about pretty much any wrestling <laughs> show. <laughs> Kyle? Yeah. You love you some Memphis. You, you've seen I, a couple I, pedophiles. I, you're right. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Kyle, are you ready for what you have inflicted on us for next week? Yeah, I'm just looking right now. <laughs> he's he's looking. And I'm going to yeah. start the Al Jolson song, which means we have about a minute and a half left. So if you two gentlemen have anything else to say to our listeners. Kyle, you sound muffled. Steel cage matches. What? According to the Wikipedia, there's three fucking steel cage matches. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why? Why? You, you picked it. Why is there a boxing match? I didn't pick this. <laughs> Why is there a boxing match? <laughs> but don't forget to go on YouTube, guys, and we're going to watch this. The ultimate showdown. Yes, there will be a bonus apparently this week. It's actually only three minutes and thirty-five seconds. We will um, join you with that, and also want to encourage you, especially to join us next week because an AWA Wrestle Rock review should be fucking fantastic on this podcast. Aaron, say goodbye to your listeners. Goodbye, listeners. Kyle, say goodbye to your listeners. Uh, bye. And I am, and I am saying goodbye to Aaron and Kyle's listeners. As your humble host, who is entertained weekly by these two fantastic co-hosts, we say goodbye and we'll see you next week. And apparently, next week is gonna fucking suck for us. It is AWA Wrestle Rock '86. You thought WrestleMania? Well, what? You got a problem with it? You can you can call Kyle. I'll post his number. Don't do that. <laughs> we have ten seconds left. We're signing off. We'll see you next week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. <laughs>